Operation Red Pill. You know us, you love us, because we take you beyond conspiracy theories right to the heart of conspiracy itself. I'm Jason Spears with my co-host, Christopher Dean. Eyes front. Join us as we go behind enemy lines to reveal the truth about another aspect of this occult matrix as we discuss in this week's Intel Briefing, Esoteric Messages and the Satanic Control Matrix with Ghost. We had an absolutely amazing time on My Third Eye Podcast, hosted by the legendary Ghost. Unfortunately, not the same guy from Call of Duty franchise. But that being said, we're going to play this episode for you coming up right here in just a few moments on Operation Red Pill. Ladies, gentlemen, everyone from across the podverse, welcome back to another episode of Operation Red Pill, where we take you beyond conspiracy theories right into the heart of conspiracy itself. We got a lot to talk about here on this episode, but before we get into all of that, you know how we do things around here. First things first, ladies and gentlemen, my co-host, Christopher D. How's it going, bro? I'm doing pretty good, man. How about yourself? I'm excited. I was really, really glad to be on the show with uh, Ghost. Yeah, man, it was like, it was super dope to be on there. We didn't really have any issues. And as soon as we got into it, it's like we hit the ground running, man. And I could have talked for a lot longer with him. Right. Had right. a great time chatting. And he's out He's out in the podverse doing some some good stuff. Yeah. He's got the, the My Third Eye podcast, which is what we're going to play here in a minute. Right. And I think he's got something going on with Ryan Dean. Yeah, he does the uh, Conspiracy Underground News team with the great and powerful Ryan Dean. <laughs> He also has a show segment on his channel called uh, Talk of the Tavern. Okay. And it's a lot like uh, the Great Deception's Monday Night Master Debaters. Gotcha. You just have people get around the round table type of conversations. Okay. So it's pretty cool. Uh, I definitely say check it out. Now, some of you out there might be feeling some type of way about the title or the name of it, My Third Eye. If that's you, eh, at least you're thinking about it. I'm, I'm, I'm not mad at you. Which is something you're supposed to be doing anyhow. Right, right, for sure. Whenever you listen to content anywhere. Right. Uh, but his show isn't about opening your third eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, he really has a platform where he invites all types of ideas and and, and people to, to bring their perspective to the table. So it has less to do with, like, Eastern religion and, and all of that, right? Right. Okay. No, I'm sure. Like Eastern it, mysticism and stuff like that. Right. I'm sure it makes an appearance from time to time, but that's not what his show is about. Gotcha. So I definitely say listen, but listen with your mind engaged. And just like you were saying a minute ago, I don't think you should listen to anything without your mind being engaged. Right. So beyond all that awesomeness, though, I got to give mad props to Ghost. Okay. I, I'm not upset for you doing that. I just, what for? Well, if you remember, he um, he changed his mind. On what? Well, you know what? I don't remember specifically. My mind was so blown at <laughs> his abil- ability to change. Well, because here, him and Ryan Dean, super cool dude, super humble, and they're always calling themselves dummies on their show, right? Uh-huh. Now, I think they're way smarter than we are, you know, but that's kind of their persona, right? We're just kind of a couple dummies out here doing it. I got you. I don't think they give themselves enough credit because I think it's the mark of a great mind that when presented with new information, to be able to let go of one idea and grab a hold of the new one. And that's exactly what happened. That's what Ghost did in this episode. He, he made a point, and I don't remember 100% what it was, but you pushed back like 
you normally do. (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, oh, he's like, you know what? You make a really good point. I'm actually going to have to rescind that and and change my stance. That's amazing. Yeah, you're sitting here talking, and I was trying to remember what happened. I think we were talking about artificial intelligence. And I think Ghost was making the point that he believed God created artificial intelligence. Okay. And I was pushing back on that idea. But what I what I remember now that you were talking was actually the way I felt after we had that exchange. Okay. Because I don't know if you've ever seen um any of those those Looney Tune cartoons where uh Wiley Coyote is running after Roadrunner and Roadrunner will abruptly stop and Wiley keeps going and he ends up fumbling over himself because uh-huh. he hasn't broken pursuit mode. Yep. That was the way I, I remember feeling when uh Ghost recanted off his position. <laughs> and I was like, wait, whoa, what are you doing? I, I got like 13 more points to make. What's happening? Right. And I had to like stop. I had to stop my my whole argument and just be like, oh, okay, and keep it moving. But I'm not used to doing that. Yeah. Because a lot of the environments that you and I, you know, operate in, we're dealing with people who normally show a lot of of cognitive resistance and and in most cases stubbornness. Right. Cause we'll we try to offer an idea on a plate, but we know full well that we got all this ammunition back here because nobody likes to change their mind. And they're going to inadvertently make me empty out <laughs> that entire mag. Right. Which the means I have thing. to switch. I have to be prepared to right. switch mags and keep going. I think it was like three shots in. Ghost was like, I yield. I was like, what do you mean you yield? <laughs> this the fight's not over. You, right. Keep your guns up. You got the next mag in hand and everything already. <laughs> right. He was like, you don't need that. I'm good. No. No. Good point. No, but that was really, I'm glad you mentioned that because that that was really cool. And I agree with you. That really is the mark, I think, of a a developed mind. To be able to take something, something I've heard you say, two things I think that mark a developed mind, a well-developed mind. One is the ability to be able to consider an idea and the merits of an idea without necessarily agreeing to it or knowing full well that you disagree at the very beginning. Right. But you can still consider it without having to reject it. Uh, at, at the beginning, you can hear a person out. I think the other mark of a great or well-developed mind is the ability to take in new information and reassess prior conclusions based on the new information. Right. And literally being able to learn on the fly or change your mind on the fly. Not a lot of people do that. Right. It, it, it's not easy to do. I mean, it should be normal, but it's it does take some effort. Yeah, he, he did it flawless. Right. So Super cool. I definitely tip my hat. Off to, to ghosts as well. A couple things just before we uh, play this episode, a little housekeeping. Um, do want to let people know there was a little bit of language in this particular episode. So if you have sensitive listeners around or sensitive ears, you know, listen at your discretion. Also, we did experience a couple audio issues. Number one, um, ghost volume may be a little choppy or low at different times throughout the program. Um, I think that's due largely in part to some of the bandwidth limitations of internet audio. I don't think it had anything to do with his equipment, but if you find that that's happening, uh, we apologize for it. We try to do the best we could in post to level that out and, and, and keep a pretty even volume. Um, also about an hour and a half to two hours, there was a point where our audio dropped out completely. Um, that was due largely <laughs> and totally in part to yours truly neglecting to plug the laptop into the wall. Right. And so the laptop died. 
which uh, took our internet audio with it. Right. I'll give you credit, though. It looked like it was plugged in because the, the cable was plugged into the laptop. All right. I appreciate that because I, I looked at it and thought it was, too. And it took me a minute to figure out what the problem was. I, I thought the screensaver <laughs> came on. I didn't even know it dropped out. Like, I'm just fully engaged and I can't remember who was talking. And you just are freaking out. That's because right. I look over and all of a sudden the screen goes black and I'm like, You're, I see you type in frantically and your head's jerking back and forth. I'm like, <laughs> what is happening over here? Yeah, that that was it. But uh, <laughs> luckily we were able to get that together. And, you know, to the laptop's credit, um, especially given our last attempt at, at doing uh, Internet audio, the laptop operated flawlessly up until that point. Right. Right. I was really impressed. It actually has me hopeful that one of these days, you know, three, four, maybe five years down the road, we might actually be good at this. You know, I'm I'm right there with you. I think three, four, or five might be a little optimal. <laughs> a little premature. A, a, a little optimistic is what I meant to say. Okay. So, so, yeah. Uh, maybe we're looking at six or seven. Okay. But there is hope. There's there is. Hope. At some point, we may eventually get a flawless recording <laughs> with without laptop issues. Right. Or maybe one of our listeners would like to donate a, a brand new couple, a couple brand new MacBook Pros, <laughs> M2s. With you know, you can talk to us about the specific loadouts. So, you know, make sure <laughs> that the donation is you know fits within the parameters because we're very very thankful for that. <laughs> but man, yeah. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Ghost. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of My Third Eye. Today, I have the luxury and the privilege to have the boys on from Operation Red Pill. I have Christopher Dean and Jason Spears, and we're going to break down a little esoteric uh, symbolism and meaning behind the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, uh, Jason, Christopher, whoever wants to take over, introduce yourself, let my audience know where they can find you, and let's get rolling. All right, we are uh, Operation Red Pill. You can find us at uh, orppodcast.com. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Same thing, ORP Podcast. And uh, we release a, an episode every week, every Wednesday at midnight. And yeah. You got anything to add, Jason? Well, now you covered all the sweet stuff, man. <laughs> and I, I guess the only thing after that would be we love destroying people's uh, relationship with their, their favorite films. <laughs> Yeah, it it happens. I don't necessarily love it. It's just a a symptom of of this approach. Now, actually, we've been accused of that, and it's kind of funny in this space. Is what we're becoming known for is some of our breakdown of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But one of my friends actually hit me up, and they were like, "Listen, do you just enjoy ruining everything?" <laughs> and I was like, "Everything? Like, I feel like I should take that as a compliment, but it's still an insult." You know, at least you're saying I'm comprehensive in my ruining of things. But the premise, I don't think I like the fact that you think I ruin everything. <laughs> you know, but I, I got where they were coming from. The, the sad part is we really don't necessarily try to ruin things. You know, we're both fan of cinema. Right. We both really like movies. So coming to some of these uncomfortable conclusions is as much an emotional journey and struggle for us as it may be for somebody else listening. You know, it's kind of like, I mean, I hate to say it this way, but I think Chappelle said it best. It was like when Bill Cosby was allegedly accused of doing certain things. You're like, I don't want pudding pops to rape. I like pudding pops. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. You're, you're like, I don't want Marvel to actually be delivering these these types of uh, subversive ideas. And I don't necessarily want my favorite Avenger 
to be a metaphor of a much deeper esoteric idea. Like I just like my Avenger. Like, can we, can we leave it alone? But I think, uh, a serious follower of Christ is is required to constantly evaluate what's going on them around them so they can apply what they've learned. Oh, you can't turn a blind eye to things, right? So once you see it, there's a responsibility that I got to address it now. You know, yeah. I have to adjust course accordingly. If I've got emotional ties with this thing, I have to do the hard work of disattaching myself from it so that I can put it in its appropriate place. Because ultimately, if it's something that is toxic, right? If it's something that's spiritually corrosive, then it's going to do us harm, even if it comes in a package that we really like. Mm. Right? You'd want to know if there's poison in your food, even if it is your favorite food. Actually, oh, I like Mountain Dew, so I'm not sure if I want to know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, you should care. You should <laughs> want to know. That's what it is. Right? If you only knew what kind of ba- uh, human... Uh, how do I put this? Human particles stem cells, whatever that go into a lot of our foods and, uh, Mountain Dew and, and PepsiCo is a big one. Yeah. I think I was doing some research on what is that? Heck two, two eighty four, two thirteen, something like something that. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan and yeah, I were the, talking the, about the, a long, oh, wow. A long time ago. But yeah. Really. You know, actually you guys would probably show that I heard that from, okay. uh, cause I, I remember, I think it was Ryan and, uh, I couldn't remember exactly who his guest was. But as soon as I heard it, I stopped what I was doing, picked my phone up, and I'm like, I got to find out more about this. Like, I hope mm-hmm. there's a whole show on just this. <laughs> and I looked it up, and I was like, no, it's in way more things than I would have imagined. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, we're putting this on the back burner. We got to we gotta dig into that a little bit more. <laughs> right. I think I called you up, Christopher, and was like, you won't believe what I just heard. Mm-hmm. No, I remember that. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Closely tied to when my mom was like, hey, do you know what trisodium phosphate is? I was yeah, like, no, TSP. why? She's like, oh, I used to. Yeah, I had to used to uh, have to wear protective goggles and gloves when I clean the, clean the kitchen with it. And by the way, it's in your cereal and it's in your bread and it's in your crackers. And I was like, good grief. Uh-huh. You can't you can't get away from it. No, no, it's a, it's and, a system. And guess who started it all? It was the cigarette company to the two big cigarette companies when they bought originally bought out the big uh, like General Mills. One bought General Mills, one bought like Nabisco and everything. And when they did that, mm-hmm. they used their same marketing campaign to advertise to kids all this processed junk food and everything and started pumping all these chemicals into it, just like they did with tobacco and bada bing, bada boom. Now we're here. You know, it's a proven strategy, though, because I know they went to, I think, in some of their court cases, they actually got the playbook on how the cigarette companies marketed mm-hmm. what they knew and how they strategically countermarketed what they knew to the public. Yeah. Right. And you're like, when you went to court and they're like, we we didn't know. Like, oh, BS. Yes, you did. Yeah, you did. You definitely knew. We, we got the paperwork right here that says, <laughs> uh, dear everybody, scratch line four redact line five and just talk about line seven. That's all we're talking about. Yep. yep. I'm like, you, you're kidding me. So you're absolutely right, man. They went ahead and, and if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And it's an effective strategy. It's still That's crazy. Today. I didn't know that. And it even ties in with yeah. some of the stuff that you guys do with, uh, with the movies, you know, with the subliminal messaging that started back in like the fifties and sixties, you know, they flash a 
slight image that you probably wouldn't even catch. And next thing you know, you're like, oh, you know, I want, I want popcorn or something, or I want this candy. Yeah. You didn't know why. Yeah. yeah. I think the first film that, that clued me into that was Fight Club. Mm. Really? Yeah. I remember, I think, I believe it was Brad, if I'm remembering the movie right, I think Brad Pitt's character was talking about some of the subliminal things that they put in to actual films, how they will splice in a Coke. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. Wasn't the, the porn or whatever in on yeah, purpose. I don't remember that part. I remember the Coke, but. Oh yeah, he thought he thought it was hysterical to to put in like sections of porn in in cartoons, so they'd watch it, and then all of a sudden it'd flash in front of their face with a sound effect, and and then it was just back to the cartoon. Nothing to see here. Yeah, right. Isn't that crazy though? What your mm-hmm. mind can pick up. Yeah. Did you see uh, the uh, Katy Perry? Uh, what was it? E. T. or whatever music video. No. The, in uh, several, several different clips throughout that is like monkeys having sex, horses having sex, just randomly throughout the video. Real weird. I wonder what sort of cognitive impact that would have, because that's not going to lead me to, you know, I really feel like riding a, a Clydesdale right now. <laughs> like, like, what's the what's the fallout? <laughs> I'm just randomly seeing animals having sex. I don't know. It's weird, though. It's weird. Her song "ET" was disturbing, and it's catchy. Yeah, tell me what like, song it's of got hers a lot isn't disturbing. You know what? To the same point, which song of hers isn't catchy? Yeah, true. Like I wish she would write a a disturbing, non-catchy song if you got to write one. <laughs> you know, but I, I I remember I was doing some research on "ET" and I went to listen to it, and guy was like, "You got three listens, and that's it." I was like, "But I'm on three and a half. Cut it." <laughs> Because you'll be listening all day. Yeah. Yeah. It's got that hook. Here's it's crazy how it gets. Go down the rabbit Go hole. Ahead. The Katy Perry possibly could be John Benet Ramsey. Really? Mm-hmm. Have you heard about that? I've not heard about that. I haven't heard that one either. Yeah. Huh. It's just one of those crazy theories that floats around out there. And Taylor Swift could be uh, the daughter of um, Anton LaVey's. His uh, granddaughter, wouldn't it be? Mm-hmm. Yeah, granddaughter. Yeah. Something like that. Because uh, what is it, Zeta? Or Z- Zeta Lave looks yeah. like her. Totally. Huh. Yeah. They got it's some cool. uncanny physical characteristics. Yeah. I was, I was just going to say, it's crazy the way that this stuff gets embedded into your mind. Because I haven't listened to Katy Perry in who knows how long. Mm-hmm. And me and my wife were hanging out the other day. And I was like, tone, tan, fit, and ready turn it up because it's getting heavy wild wild west coast these i was like snoop dog how are you still in my head from this song that i haven't even listened to for years bro <laughs> kayla was like what are you doing i was like don't ask i'm embarrassed <laughs> bro okay so i don't know what movie i was watching it was some movie that i hadn't seen in a long time okay. and i mean like probably two and a half decades i hadn't seen this film okay and i go back and i watch it and the music from the film, the songs are kicking in in my memory about two or three measures before I'm hearing it in the movie. Right. Uh-huh. And it's because of my memory, because I remember actually watching the movie as a kid or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how are the lyrics still in my mind? I can't remember what I did yesterday. So you can you can know things that you don't know, you know, hey, we're on with ghosts. <laughs> so I expect you. <laughs> To have some common courtesy, and I'm not going to say to you what I'm going to say to you. Uh, you're good. You, you can say whatever you want here. Um, <laughs> no, no, you're recording. I don't need any evidence. <laughs> no, it's gotcha. funny because some of these, some of these like really difficult 
concepts uh, will we'll run back and forth and they'll just come up, you know, over and over through the years. And we had argued for probably a month <laughs> on whether or not you can actually know something but not know that you know it. So any, I, I think I ended up on top on that argument. So it's funny when, when. Yeah, you just say you won. I ended up on top. Uh, we'll say you won, so people don't get the wrong idea. But no, so so anytime I can plug that that victory again is is pretty great. Yeah, you make it seem like you get so few victories. Uh, yeah, yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so with like implanted ideas and this stuff sticks around for a while. I'm not sure, Ghost, exactly what your stance is on the Bible, but I know that uh, Matt from the Great Deception and Ryan, you know lean more towards that that direction because they recognize this consistent attack against it mm -hmm. and uh it's it's crazy it's it's nice to hear other people say that because jason and i've kind of been saying it for a while like 75 percent of believing college students when they go to attend university will end up abandoning their faith mm -hmm. if if they believe in the bible that that's a a staggering amount of brainwashing Oh yeah, big time. And and from the outside, if you look at it, it it might just seem like the uh, the idea that oh well, you know, God is an antiquated idea, and just the smarter you get, then you just push out these ideas that don't make sense anymore. But that that couldn't be further from the truth. I think uh, what is it? Most of the people that have won uh, Nobel prizes, Jason, mm -hmm. have actually believed in a higher power. Yeah. So this idea, I think even Bill Nye mentioned it when he was a. Uh, when he, he was, was debating not a Ken Ham guy at all. Just got right. No, he is not. You he's, mean Bill Nye, the actor guy? Yes. Yeah. But people look to him and he goes, well, you can't believe in any religion because any religion is going to stifle the advancements in technology of humanity. And it's, it's just not true. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Right. But the fact that they, they say it and, and people actually believe it is. Well, is like crazy I said, if you me. repeat a lie frequently enough, it'll get believed. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the whole the whole idea that you can separate humanity from religion is really a non-starter because religion, by definition, is a system of thought. Right. It has to answer the, the five basic questions of humanity. You know, how we get here, how are we supposed to treat each other? What's the purpose of life? What happens after we die? Do we have a destiny? If you say you, you're not religious if you claim to be irreligious non-religious atheist what have you you still require to provide answers to those questions and as soon as you do you've just created religious system of thought right right so you can't have that the only way that you cannot have that is by not having a system of thought which is really what i think they're pushing a lot of people to well if you end up developing that which would be kind of interesting immediately you disqualify yourself in my book for me taking anything you say seriously. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, immediately. But I mean, thinking with your emotions, I feel like that's something that we should do. <laughs> You're wrong. But it's funny. Well, I don't well, think if he's that... wrong. Then that means every woman on this planet should be non-existent. <laughs> I feel like that's dangerous territory. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Uh, yeah, I was just talking to one of my friends today and I'm like, listen, you've got to get a handle on your emotions because you're treating them like they don't lie to you. And oh, they'll, they'll as soon as you, like you can that. realize, 
Whew. Right. As soon as you realize yep. that just because you're feeling something doesn't mean it's valid, which is a huge issue, like in psychology, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, people are teaching. You can't invalidate what a person says they feel. Well, I guess you can. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you don't feel it. All I'm saying is that the prerequisite conditions that led to that emotional sensation may not be authentic. They may not be true. Right. Right. You're you know. really feeling it, but it doesn't represent reality. Right. If you think that your significant other is cheating on you and you find you're mad about it, but then you find out, no, I was actually out trying to buy you gifts. I wasn't staying out late. Oh, suddenly I'm not mad anymore. <laughs> but what happened? You got new information that you allowed to change your your purview and perspective on reality and you adjusted your emotional response to the new information. You should be doing that anyway. I'm about to say that's all we're asking. Yeah. That's it. If we if we could do that, 90 some percent of the arguments, and I'm even talking about between man and woman, I just mean between one person and another person, would really be be truncated. They they they'd be they'd be over with. We don't have a reason to argue. Right. But we feel more than we think. It's a problem. We live in a we live in a society that would rather feel good and feel right than actually be right. Oh. Big time. And right. And that's a problem mm-hmm. because we've been conditioned to constantly think with our emotions, but more importantly, we've been conditioned to not think with our intellect. And right. that's because emotions can be manipulated far easier than intellect. Mm-hmm. The rules of logic would immediately identify lies much, much quicker than emotional responses will identify lies. That's why yeah. you see such a huge um, attack on what people call conspiracy theorists. Well, all a conspiracy theorist is is someone who thinks for themselves, questions what information they're gathered, and tries to put pieces together to make a puzzle fit. And right. when the pandemic and everything else came out and people started doing that, oh, you're hated, you're attacked. Oh, I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, or your work, like you were saying, you know, you had people saying, why are you crushing my reality with, you know, the, the Avengers and this and that. And, and it's like, look, I'm just taking the you know, same information that you're given, analyzing it right, and forming an, uh, an educated thought. And I, sorry, you get butthurt over that, but you know, they're just facts. This is, this is the information. This is the truth. Right. Facts aren't feelings. Uh-uh. Right. It bothers me when Christians have an issue with conspiracy theories. Because we, we see this a lot in, in, in our genre or whatever you want to call, call it, Christian our culture. Community. Our community. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Because it, it makes no sense be, because so much of the, the Christian doctrine or Christian narrative is based off of conspiracy. Right. Right. You had the uh, Pharisees and Sadducees conspire against Jesus. You know, you had Judas conspire with the Pharisees against Jesus. Even after the fact, you have the Roman guards and the religious leaders conspiring against this. Like here we have a bunch of conspiracy theories and and we we're not even out of the historical pages of the Bible. So you can't it, it's just r- ridiculous. To you be can able take to, it to mainstream. I mean, right now there are people being held. Uh, you know, and I'm not even expressing my my opinion on these events, but the facts are people are being held from from the January 6th incident at mm-hmm. the Capitol and they're being charged with conspiracy. 
How can they be charged with that if there's no such thing as conspiracy? That's all I'm saying. How mm-hmm. does the United States government recognize conspiracy as a valid form of a criminal offense that they could bring charges against you on and at the same time deny or try to downplay a theory that espouses a conspiracy? Like That's what you have to do when you bring that conspiracy accusation and charge against someone. You, you have a theory. And you're bringing you're bringing it to court. Right. I'm like, it's oh, it's so frustrating. The amount of uh, schizophrenic thinking that our culture employs and treats it as though it's valid, logical assessment. Right. But I mean, they so like you were saying, conspiracy with Genesis, Genesis six, and we talk about conspiracies all the time. I think one another one of those conspiracies is the attack on the Bible. The fact that the idea or the idea of Jesus or the historicity of the Bible is antithetical to technological pursuit or science. And I really think the truth of it is, is it's not that it's at all antithetical to science and technology, but it's antithetical to the satanic control matrix and the agenda of the Kabbalist elites. And that's why they have an issue with it. Did you hear that? What? There was like a huge explosion across the, across the pod verse. You I, didn't, hear I didn't hear it. Yeah, you said something satanic what? And the people's like. Satanic control matrix. Yeah, yeah. You just ran past that like everybody knew what that was. Like they got that back in fifth grade. It's like, yeah, we got that. SCM. Cool. What's next? All right. So what is it, Jason? Yeah, listen, I, I wasn't on trial. <laughs> um, the satanic control matrix is actually this integrated system of control that has three overlapping tiers to it. Starts out focused on the individual, and then it moves to a societal level, and then finally to a global level. And its goal is to institute absolute control over every facet and aspects of a person's life on every level, right? So starts out dealing with uh, demonically inspired education, which normally gets a person introduced to and comfortable with, and in some cases, even initiate into occult practices under the guise of um, multi multicultural study, right? At the same time that's going on, there are social conditioning protocols that are being put in place that are also affecting the way a person thinks. It's affecting the way a person perceives reality. It's utilizing proven brainwashing techniques in order to affect change on a regional level. And then finally, all of that plays into an integrated system that we would call the new world order, which is about establishing the satanic, uh, the satanic governmental system of old that led to the flooding of this planet in ancient times. So it's very, very dangerous, but very, very real. And these are types of things when people start poking at it or pointing at it, they get immediate responses that sometimes are not too friendly. Right. Well, that kind of ties back into when you were watching a movie that you hadn't seen for two and a half decades and you're like oh i mm-hmm. i knew the 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 song i knew these verses i, I was queuing them up who was the greatest right. choir master ever satan who controls yeah. music who, who do these artists sell right. their, supposedly sell their souls to satan so i don't know it's yeah all around i us. think you're spot on there mm-hmm. and i think the bible gives us the tool set to kind of work against the agenda of the elites or, or the satanic control matrix, but Marvel, the, the satanic brainwashing that we see 
in this the second tier of the satanic control matrix is where Marvel comes in with that Gnostic inversion. Have you have you seen the Captain Marvel movie, Ghost? I no, I haven't. I refuse to. <laughs> okay, why do you refuse to see this one? Uh I, I don't know. I, I just heard it went way too woke and I was just like, mm. I, I could be wrong. I'm just going off what other people have said that when they saw it. I was just like, okay. And I believe Captain Marvel was originally a man. Or was Captain uh, Marvel always a woman? I should know this. I'm not sure. You're the resident comic book is, is, Well, as far back as I remember, Captain Marvel was a woman. But okay. uh, it, there definitely could have been a an earlier version that was a man. Well, hold on. I know they changed something for the movie. Did they change her ethnicity? Like in the comics, was she black? Yeah, no, there was something to do so. with, with the character itself that they. Yeah, they there was changed. something they changed. I thought it was with with their eth- ethnicity. Maybe, like I said, I, I I didn't grow up reading comic books, so my exposure to this content is strictly from the cinematic world established by Marvel. Okay, and then I have to go back through you and other people and kind of pick up some of the lore established in the books. Okay. And I only know some of it. Like I, I didn't know much about Miss Marvel, okay. and it, it gets a little confusing because there's Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel. Um, it's the the term Marvel is oh, so. Lot. You you asked Ghost if he had seen Miss Marvel. Oh, did I? It, which one did he ask? Cap- did he Captain ask Miss Marvel? Marvel? Captain. Oh, okay. Marvel. Okay. Good. Oh, okay. Because that that's whew, That's the one I meant to ask. <laughs> <laughs> Why, man? I was sitting there going, "Wait, did I misunderstand the question?" <laughs> No, so so this one, uh, this has got Brie Larson in it. She plays Captain Marvel or, or Carol Danvers, and then Jude Law would be the um, the well, you don't know it at the beginning, but he's he's the antagonist. Okay, uh, Jan Rigg, I think was his name, and and this is just another one. Some of the movies, it's kind of hard to see the Gnostic messaging, but this one is just it's blatant in your face. So you have Captain Marvel, she gets. Kidnapped essentially by this elite governing uh, institution that's led by a supreme intelligence. Hmm. And they have this um, kind of just blind faith in this supreme intelligence. Whatever the supreme intelligence says, you just do it. And they are spreading the, the, the Cree message and trying to eradicate the um the scrolls because the scrolls are the the evil people so that's what that's actually what you you think about in the beginning of this movie like that's how they set it up and then throughout the movie you realize that the Cree are actually um lying to captain marvel she has this hidden power and they keep telling her that she can't use it and the scrolls actually are the good people but <laughs> they um their primary a defense mechanism is deceit because they're shapeshifters. Mm, okay. so, so if we're lo- looking at this from the Gnostic perspective, we have the Cree would be the, the church, right? The supreme mm-hmm. intelligence would be God because he's all knowing and they are brainwashing and kidnapping people and telling you, you can't be yourself, right? You have to hide and suppress this, this inner power that you have. And then they try to uh, color the, the enemy which is really the good guy, the, the oppressed one, because a lot of this is about uh, sympathy for the devil. So when you really discover who the scrolls are and they're just they're just being abused by the Cree, 
So Satan's just getting abused by this tyrannical God, you know, and he's really just trying to find his way and he's trying to team up with humans to, to try to make this happen. And uh, in the movie, the way that Captain Marvel is able to overthrow Kree power is by being true to herself, right? Following her heart. That old Disney montage right right embracing this hidden power that she has and that's what gives her the ability to fight off the lies of the supreme intelligence to uh defeat the overwhelming forces of the kree empire and then she can be all buddy buddy with these um these little i hate to call them liars like i as characters in the film i think they do a really good job of 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 being kind of the oppressed group um but i'm i'm just I come at it harshly from that Gnostic perspective that these are, you know, the demons, these are the, the Satan archetypes that we're seeing that are being presented in a way that gets us to sympathize with them. And uh, they work with Captain Marvel to develop a, uh, a technologically advanced engine so then they can escape the reach of the Cree and find a safe place to, civil to um, develop a civilization. Now, I mean, all of like that, makes me kind of want to watch the movie now. You know, you know what I mean? Like, Marvel needs to pay us. Oh, no, Christopher's good, man. When, when he gives you that backstory, you're like, no, okay, this seems dope. I'll go check it out. Yeah, yeah I mean, because on its face, it, it. sorry, Gus, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, last night, I actually just started watching Loki. And I, I do have, I don't know, it's, it's weird. I've always kind of liked Loki. Um, yeah. I'm the same way, especially when he came down that staircase in Thor and he had the hair and the the the, he had the he had the scepter, he had the look of it was like a weird mix between debonair and dangerous. Yeah. And he had that smooth little trot down. And I was like, okay, I think I could pull off Loki. I'm gonna have to grow my fro (laughs) out and relax a little bit, but I could almost do it. Yeah. And and being the god of mischief, I mean, that I don't it's just like okay, what's this trickster going to do? You know what I mean? Like going into mm-hmm. it and kind of have kind of having some knowledge of, you know, the Nordic religion and what have you. And I was just like, oh, I can't wait to see how they, they bring this character in with Loki and how they do it. But it, it kind of, with what you guys, I don't want to jump the gun, but what you guys break down totally spins my mind in so many different directions because it's like, well, wait a minute, should I, shouldn't like loki but but i do like loki but is it okay to like loki you know what i mean <laughs> but yeah, i like that's, thor that's too and i shouldn't like thor if i if i look at it this way then yeah so but anyway i, I digress and didn't mean to interrupt no no it's fine it's good it sends you into this entire spiral this ideological spiral um and, and the problem one of the real issues is that we're like what 23 24 films plus multiple episodes on TV into this Disney franchise and narrative established by Marvel before we figured out, you know, I don't say before we figured out before God showed us, Hey, this is what's going on. Yeah. You know, that's a lot of time invested. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of conditioning. That's already gone on. That's a lot of emotional connections that have already been established with this material. So to go back through and have to unlearn that, that, that's a lot. It is. Yeah. And and I used to read comic books, you know, a little, I wasn't like a a super comic. I wasn't like 
a comic nerd, but I, I went and got comic books. You know what I mean? I, I enjoyed reading them when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I still had some of the ones that I did have, uh, but right. I yeah. don't. And and granted, I was reading them through a kid's mindset at the time, but I don't remember the same messaging then as when Disney took over and, and bought out Marvel. Like it, it seems like once the evil empire bought Marvel, man, they threw their whole satanic agenda at it. They definitely, in my opinion, shifted gears. Mm-hmm. But I think, and again, I, I don't have a lot of experience with the actual comic book stuff. Just some of the things that I've looked at and researched. From what I can tell, the stories that Marvel put forth were really the retellings of ancient stories, right? Okay. Ancient spiritual stories, almost a retelling of the history of the gods from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And it seems like the more we dig into it, the more we see that the core material is actually a regurgitation of ancient material. Okay. Now that makes sense. So I think it was still there. I just think it was a bit more subtle. Okay. And, and that, once and that it makes got, sense, cause as a kid, you just read it for face value. You know what I mean? You're not. Well, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But also think about society about the time that that came up. You know, there True. there are multiple movements in the satanic control matrix, right? You're trying to establish absolute control over every being on a planet. That's a lot of work. It's a lot of resistance that you have to deal with. So you not, you have to condition various sectors through a developmental track that has to take into account the cultural history of that sector and the resistance of that people. And so quite frankly, when you're dealing with like the United States that is coming out of a quote unquote uh, Christian background, you can't throw this stuff directly at him and expect him to accept it. you got to slowly introduce it. So the subtlety wasn't by accident. It was a necessary tactic in order to render acceptance. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. Well, because like I love the traditional Thanos. I really do. Okay. The the you know, the celestial with the divergent gene and and maybe part of me is is a hopeless romantic. So I loved the the envisioning of a villain that's in love with death, right? Lady Death, the the female embodiment of death. You love this, do you? Well, no, as as a concept <laughs> for a villain. I think it's clever. I think because it's relatable. Like everyone, well, not everyone. Maybe it's just me. Has, I've never has, been has, in love with death. Have you been in love or in a relationship with someone that's not healthy? Like, like a, a toxic, psychotic woman? A toxic relationship? <laughs> no. if, if you if you haven't been in one, you okay, know someone I can honestly has. answer that, yes. Yes, I have. Okay. <laughs> okay. Mo- most so, of yeah, my so at, past relationships. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. So then you have Thanos who is in love with death and clearly you're like bro could you not see the red flags like her <laughs> name is death but you can see how this this, this so sexy. Just, <laughs> ah, but you can see how this this drives him to be the villain that he is and killing people and sending him to her like it's it's distorted but i think it's a good villain you know okay and then you have the disney thanos or the the uh mcu thanos and he's just this ogre that that wants to kill half the population to save the resources temporarily. I'm like, oh, 
it's it's but green gospel so well it's, by josh Brolin. Oh, he is i mean like i didn't catch none of that as soon as he just walks in like fine i'll do it myself i was like oh yeah i, I gotta adopt that as a mantra and he shows up in boxes <laughs> with the hulk yeah like then i mean that puts him on the map right away i was personally pissed off that he was able to pull off what i considered to be a purple goatee i was like how do you get his beard like that <laughs> i didn't know it was his chin i was like man that's dope I don't think I can pull off a purple beard. He is rocking that color. <laughs> That's funny. Hey, you don't know yeah, unless you try. Right? But I, I don't know if I can try that one. <laughs> True. I mean, Brolin does do a good job playing him, but the actual writing of the villain is just gross. It doesn't make sense. It's dumb, but it's all to fit that, like you were saying, Ghost, to fit that Nox, that Gnostic messaging that wasn't there in the the first rendition of it. And and you, you it's made me something. really wonder. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say it, it, you said something about they were written towards the times. I mean, when when a lot of those comic books were coming out, you know, it was the you know end of World War Two. You know, you had your Vietnam ties. You had civil rights uh, tied in there. And, you know, then then it went into the 80s and they, they kind of brought in a little bit of the the satanic panic and maybe AIDS fear and, and homosexuality as a kind of a fear and then you get mm -hmm. into the 90s and it, it just that's when i kind of think things just kind of okay we got to kick something into gear for the long haul and now here we are because the 90s to me was like the last last great decade only because i grew you know i graduated in 96 you know so i i experienced the 90s as a little bit older of a of a kid but looking back on the commercials that i remember you were already seeing those sexual innuendos with even like food snacks and this and that and you know and it was like oh okay uh you didn't see that 10 15 years before that yeah Interesting. I, I you know i went back i was watching uh boy meets world mm. it was like my show when i was growing <laughs> up and uh, since it's on Disney Plus, I've had a chance to go back and kind of relive. Did you have less Topanga? Define did. Yeah, I was going to say he still does. <laughs> still does. Is she still good looking? It's Topanga. Uh, I don't know what she looks like now, like grown up. I mean, she's still attractive, but I, there was something iconic about that version. Right. You know, that There's something Topanga. with the name, too. The, the name Topanga, just, yeah, the name's kind of sexy the way you say yeah. it. Yeah, you know, you can have a lot of fun with Topanga. You know, you can't really get mad at something like that. A word like that. Do you know what it means? Like, wouldn't it be weird if there was some, like, sexually embedded meaning to no, the name? No, it wouldn't be weird. It would make perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, but apparently it's actually a, a um, I think it's a, a rock formation out in California, like Topanga Canyon. Oh, really? Yeah, I, was, I listened to the uh, podcast that's conducted between uh, Daniel Fischel, Will Fidel, and Ryder Strong, the people who played Topanga, um, Will, the brother, and Sean, the best friend. Oh, okay. And so they go back through a lot of the the history and facts and stuff about the show. And one of the things that's up for debate is where did the actual name Topanga come from? And there's like two different stories about it, but one of them is that the show creator, uh, Michael Jacobs, was driving around. He needed a name for the Topanga character, didn't have it, was passing Topanga Canyon. And it was like, that's it. Her name's Topanga. Hmm. And then somebody else, I forget the other story, but apparently it's a real place. It's a real name. 
Okay. But anyhow, <laughs> taking me all the way down, boy meets world, uh, uh, world. I remember um, going back, rewatching these, and I told Christopher Ghost, I'm like, okay, dude, you've ruined this for me. Because Christopher's like, hey, while you're going through it, <laughs> you just, you know, just for grins and giggles, how about you look into this and see if there's any sort of embedded messaging? I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want to. This is yeah, this is my sacred little cow. childhood. <laughs> exactly. Leave me be. This is a peer show, and there's nothing wrong. Comes out of the nineties. I like five episodes in. I'm like, I swear she just channeled a demon as a child. This is bad in the middle of class. <laughs> he was like, but this is only five episodes in. I was like, I know. Was like, this is horrible. I've gone through several of the subsequent seasons, and there's still things that are embedded in there. So what that shows me, and I've seen this with other uh, content as well, it shows me that the things were there, but my awareness of them was not as sharp as it is now. Right. Right. But that serves a purpose. It it, it allows us to get desensitized to content early so that shifts in the, the potency and concentration, the spiritual concentration of the content can happen. Right. Because the people that control this, the, the the synagogue of Satan, if you will, they're playing the long game. Mm-hmm. Right. They're not after just trying to make in- incremental advancements. Well, let me rephrase that. They're not after winning the game in two moves. If they could. Sure, they go for it. But they know it's not a practical strategy. Right. So they will play out two, three hundred moves. And if it takes longer than that, it takes longer than that because the goal is achieving the goal. Same thing the Nazis did. Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's interesting because we can we can touch on that a little bit later. But I'm excited. I want to do I want to do Black Panther. Have you seen that one, Ghost? No, I quit. What was the last one I saw? It was uh I think it was Ragnarok it was the last one that I watched. Okay. I think Black Panther came out before Ragnarok. Yeah. There you go. And I only watched Ragnarok (laughs) because we, I think we were at my brother-in-law's and he's like, Hey, have you seen it? I'm like, no, he's like, it's kind of goofy. Let's watch it. I'm like, all right. You know, we'd had a few beers and you know, there's the Hulk and the arena and what what have you. And it's like, okay, but I don't know. I I didn't, I didn't really enjoy it. They, they made it, that one was really cheesy in my my opinion yeah <clears throat> excuse me there's a planet hawk like storyline that it kind of borrows from that okay. the hawk was was thrown off of planet by tony stark and some others because he was too destructive but then he gets to this um this other planet and uh ends up being able to stay in hawk form and and then gets you know some of that armor and he fights in the arena and kind of finds a spot in a in a chaotic world and that's kind of what was my draw i was like oh this is going to be like planet hawk and it it wasn't really like that at all cuz in planet hawk i think he ends up becoming the leader because he's you know the the superior warrior and then he hawk doesn't even want to go home he's like this this is my home now right. so yeah i really i kind of got swindled thinking that that's what it was going to be like and it was just goofy. It wasn't nearly as bad as Love and Thunder, which I could not finish. <laughs> and Jason even, wants me to finish. I, I, yeah. I, I saw that and I saw the previews and I'm like, what? No, no. 
Yeah, I knew it was. No. I, I knew it was going to be bad. But doing the show that we have, I was like, okay, I guess I'll watch it. Like, and Jason, then, you, but I you literally sat there and finished it. <laughs> I do, but that's because I, I try to discipline myself. Where if I start something, finish it, oh, man, even if it's you. if it's horrible. Um, and Love and Thunder. I, first off, I didn't want to watch it. I saw the trailer. It had some overtones to it, especially when when Thor is talking about find somebody you love, or uh, I think it was not Thor. It was uh, Chris Pratt's character, Star Lord. Star Lord, yeah, saying find, find the person you love and. Thor's all looking at him and I'm like, nah, okay. Mm-hmm. You're you're signaling and hinting. I was like, <laughs> I'm not feeling this one here. Well, they have to follow. And then Superman it's love play. and thunder. I know, right? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I don't know if I'm feeling this, but I need to see what they're putting out in society and, and, and what messaging that they're sending out there. So I started to watch it. I was good till I got to the goats. Wow! <laughs> And the goats That's annoyed me. That's it. I, I told myself, I was like, one more scream from these goats. And I'm I can't I can't do it. But then when I got to super soft, uh super soft uh uh, uh Zeus mm. played by the same character who for me typified the alpha male screen role, you know, which is Russell Crowe coming out of Gladiator. I'm like, oh, we're about to see him back in armor. And it was soft armor. And I'm like, once again, you throw me into an emotional quandary. (laughs) (laughs) And then all of a sudden, like, they have this scene for people who haven't seen it. You know, spoiler alert. Small spoiler, though. There's a scene in there where where Thor is in front of Zeus and he's, he's in chains or whatever. He's in restraints. And Zeus is trying to figure out who he is. Because he's in disguise too, right? Right. And so Zeus is like, I know what I'll do. I'll flick. And he like removes his clothing. And all of a sudden, everybody around Zeus faints. Like four women and two dudes. Because of course, Thor is naked. It was Mm. too much for them to handle. And I was like, the women I get. The secondary group to fainted. This is questionable. (laughs) Right. And of course, Thor is like, you flick too hard. And I was like, that's a statement I wouldn't have made but in front of a whole bunch of people. <laughs> it's like, that was a questionable dialogue decision. Oh, that's funny. I was like, but it's Tico Waititi, so hey. There you go. What do you, what do you expect? Uh, and, and then the, some of the other embedded uh, storylines that were going on in it wasn't didn't really do much for me. It wasn't the one that I would want to go out and buy. I didn't think it really advanced the, the arc of the character line, what I thought it did was actually provided another platform for Tiko Waititi to be able to espouse his his ideology, mm. what things he thinks are are important. And I, despite how I feel about that particular ideology, I thought it was a poor decision for the integrity of the film because it's felt it it seemed as though he superimposed that messaging into a world that it was not authentic towards makes sense and that that annoyed me okay the goats just made it worse i hated it couldn't finish it <laughs> well i'm glad you gave but all that black away panther now i'm not really not gonna watch it <laughs> uh, you're not gonna miss much no black panther was black panther going back to this one i think okay. it was really good i enjoyed it but I have some takes on it that might offend a bunch of people. 
Well, don't <laughs> leave us hanging. All yeah. right, so we'll just start with the regular Gnosticism that we see in in so much of the uh, the Marvel films. So, uh, T'Chaka, who was the king in the very beginning of the movie, you see him mismanage his his role as king of Wakanda. So this would be like the god archetype. So he ends up, um, he sends people into the world and they can't handle it. So then he has to uh, fix the problem by killing his own people because they're in the world. And it leaves this, this child un, unkept uh, who ends up growing into Killmonger. So he's, God is the reason there's even a villain in Black Panther at all. So then fast forward, the uh, T'Chaka dies, and then the um, Chadwick Boseman, his character, ends up ascending into that the role of king. And he's the, the main protagonist. So we can, you know, as we're going through, we go, okay, we know there's Gnostic messaging. We can assume that he's kind of the Satan archetype. And one uh, theological view uh from Christianity. I don't think that it's necessarily accurate, but it is one view is that Satan was created as the, like the, the second in command. And then later God reveals, Oh, I have my firstborn son, Jesus. And this is kind of what causes that anger, that hatred, that rebellion out of the Lucifer character. He's like, oh, I thought I was first in line. Well, I was first in line until the little hairball was born. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny so but this is a really popular idea and you can see this kind of put in place that uh t'challa chadwick boseman he gets the um he becomes king of wakanda and then killmonger shows up who only exists because of god mismanaging his position killmonger shows up and he's like well i i actually um have rights to the throne fights t'challa overthrows takes the position and what he wants to do is he wants to take the power of uh wakanda and liberate all of his people so if you look at a vilified version of the divine christ he wants to save all of his people from the villainy of the world and he's portrayed in this movie as the bad guy killmonger and then they have this battle at the end and you have all of the 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 tribal fighting of the different groups in Wakanda and then finally uh T'Challa ends up winning and defeats the Christ archetype Killmonger and then sits on on the throne again to to try to bring peace and in the um the outpouring of that event causes Wakanda to then reunite with humanity and they start exchanging ideas and they start sharing technology to advance humanity from this the, the position that Wakanda has. I'm standing in your house, serving justice to a man who stole your vibranium and murdered your people. Justice your king couldn't deliver. I don't care that you brought Claw. Only reason I don't care you where you stand is because I know who you are. Now, what do you want? I want the throne. <laughs> hey, you, the tuna. <laughs> Y'all sitting up here comfortable. Must feel good. It's about two billion people all over the world that looks like us, but their lives are a lot harder. Wakanda has the tools to liberate them all. And what tools are those? 
Vibranium. Your weapons. Our weapons will not be used to wage war on the world. It is not our way to be judge, jury, and executioner for people who are not our own. Not your own. But didn't life start right here on this continent? So ain't all people your people? I am not king of all people. I am king of Wakanda. And it is my responsibility to make sure our people are safe and that vibranium does not fall into the hands of a person like you. Son, we have entertained the charlatan for too long. Reject his request. Oh, I ain't requesting nothing. Ask who I am. You're Eric Stevens, an American black operative, a mercenary nicknamed Killmonger. That's who you are. That's not my name, princess. Ask me, King. No. Ask me. Take him away. Ungubani! Indingu in Jadaka! Unyanaka in Jogu! Huh? Unyanaka in Jogu? I found my daddy with panther claws in his chest! You ain't the son of a king, you are a son of a murderer! We have see, son! Lies! I'm afraid not, Queen Mother. Huh? What? You? In Danda Togan Jogu. Hey, Auntie. I'm exercising my blood right. The challenge for the mantles of King and Black Panther. Do not do this, T'Challa. As the son of Prince Injobu, he is within his rights. He has no rights here. The challenge will take weeks to prepare. Weeks? I don't need weeks. The whole country ain't gotta be there. I just need him and somebody to get me out of these chains. T'Challa, what do you know of this? I accept your challenge. So that's kind of the, the, the Gnostic backdrop. Does that, does that make sense, Ghost? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, totally. Okay, so this, this is what uh, might be offensive. This is the edgy one. And I've, we've not shared it anywhere, so this is uh, coming to you first, Ghost. Nice. The, there's two warring factions in comics, which, which you might know. So there's Detective Comics, DC Comics, and then there's Marvel. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, and even well, though... Just for the non-cosmic uh, non or the non-comic sensitive, mm -hmm. you said there's Detective Comics and then DC. Yeah. They're, so they're, those are the same one. They're not too different. Right. Detective Comics is, is DC. DC. Right. Okay, that's this thing. Yeah, so so DC would be um the Flash, Wonder Woman, Batman. Superman, Batman, yeah. all of those. And they're owned by Detective Comics, or what we know as DC Comics is the more colloquially understood term. And then Marvel is, you know, Iron Man, Hulk, Black Panther, you know, everything that we're talking about. Right. And even though I'm more of a fan of of Marvel, a lot of the ideas that Marvel has popularized actually first started in, in DC comics. Not all of them. Interesting. I didn't know that, but there is a lot. So you have like dark side as a character in. that's why I see similarity and overlap. Yeah. Cause mm -hmm. sometimes it, it, it's difficult to keep these characters separated. Mm -hmm. Like but, dark side and Thanos. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. DC came out with dark side and a couple years later, Marvel says, Oh, we also have like a purplish, super powerful, main bad guy the we just apocalypse apocalypse was connected to the x-men so which the, is still marvel yeah 
is it, it is it their take on dark side i'm not trying to steal the conversation just clearing up I'm, why we're I'm, here. I'm not a hundred percent sure okay i think one of the things at least from my perception and if there's anyone out there that knows comics better i, I could absolutely be wrong but the x-men and the mutants seem to be a marvel only thing okay like that that kind of gave them a little bit more social traction than than dc got you so and apocalypse being um in the in the x-men uh storyline i'm not sure if there is a a precursor to that in dc i got you okay but yeah so we see this happen a lot and one of the places that it happens is with the idea of wakanda and i was thinking about this because so many so many of the melanin rich have rallied behind black panther because i mean it's it is an excellently done movie the cast is fantastic um they're very skilled like everything about it is just top-notch quality it really is through and through but when when you know that the 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 money behind all of this is corrupt and doesn't want to give people the necessary tools to lift them out of their particular state and black panther was used as a banner for the melanin rich to rally under i start getting a little skeptical not because it's 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 poor quality i'm gonna provide you a little bit of, of cover fire okay i appreciate it <laughs> so um if, if you look right I, right now yeah, yeah okay, just, okay just at your point here i felt the same way okay uh, i was excited to see black panther on the film i mean on the screen and then watching it i was pulled into two different divisive emotional camps okay all right part of me wanted to be incredibly happy to see african culture portrayed in such an advanced fashion okay. right especially mm -hmm. when you come from an ethnic line of people here in the united states that, uh, that have strategically had their ethnic history obfuscated and, and erased and whitewashed, mm -hmm. right? A lot of things have been changed. What it caused you to do is to lose your sense of, of ancestral identity. Right. And being able to see a portrayal of in such a positive light, and I'm going positive kind of within the entry into the Wakanda world. Okay. Right. It, it, it almost did the same thing that coming to America did. No, Back there were like sales. Your Highness. See, I have been trying <laughs> and I have been holding on to the belief that wow. I was able to relive that moment. <laughs> I don't somebody me. singing, she's your queen. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I'm waiting for that moment. <laughs> uh, and I also want to have my face been, on my you've own money. You've been holding on? Uh, to the royal. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's a bad follow-up. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> but hold on tight. Yeah. You know, word choice is key it right is. here, right? I'll give you that wow. point. That's hilarious. No, but you know, I, I, I they said that sales day. went up. <laughs> right? Sorry. They said that too. sales to Wakanda and sales to Zamunda <laughs> skyrocketed. As far as so not sales, but but inquiries to can we is, is there a tour? Can we get there? They had to be like, these are fictional places. Mm -hmm. yeah. But it resonates with people because you don't constantly see that in a, I care for how I say this, 
they want you to see it as a European dominated society, right? Mm -hmm. But in a Luciferian dominated society that seeks to exploit every ethnic group and turn it against itself or turn it against others, Mm -hmm. they're not going to show a version of history that's authentic and produces psychological freedom. Right. 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 So that's the, the other camp, the other side that I was being drawn into, which is knowing this is a visual product, cinematic product of a multi-billion dollar company that has strategic ties into the synagogue of Satan and is financed by Luciferian bankers that are part of the, the uh, international banking cartel. There's no way that this is an innocent project. Right. Period. And it's getting the type of cultural traction that would make it a a spotlight to be the type of platform that you could deliver diversive messaging from Mm -hmm. if you were skilled enough to do it. Right. Right. So I'm pulling to these two divergent camps as I'm watching. Yeah. It was very difficult to to fly through. So I want to provide you a little bit of cover fire (laughs) so people didn't think that it was just you coming from a certain perspective, maybe given your ethnic history. I appreciate that. Okay, no problem. It's hard to be purple. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Purple lives matter. Purple lives matter. (laughs) Right. But Wakanda, the the whole Black Panther um, storyline originated with the DC comics, but it looked a little bit different. There was a, a secret or a hidden city uh, run by uh, superior technological advances due to cosmic um, interference, right? So, like, there was a comet that crashed into Wakanda and it provided the vibranium that, uh, you know, powered all of their, their technology. Oh, the shit, same thing happened. Captain America got his steel from for his shield. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I didn't. That's actually one of the that's one of the key resources that Killmonger is referring to. That if Wakanda would actually come off of that, he could help liberate. I got to go watch that. people around the world because the only the only time I ever got to see Black Panther in action was the Avenger movies, and okay. I just but I gave up long before that even came out because I w- I was just so fed up with with it seemed like every year oh Marvel another Marvel movie another and it was just like. Oh, pump the brakes a little bit. You know what I mean? Now you're just, it, to me, it seemed like they were going for quantity and lost that qual- uh, quality aspect of it a little bit. Interesting. Yeah. The, I'm kind of sitting right there because there's like all the series and I'm behind on movies and I'm just like, I didn't have that view so much. Like it was hard for me to wait every year. Okay. And I was kind of happy when they began to, 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 to develop a multi-tiered release schedule. Oh, right. Okay. So now I can get my fixes at, at different points. And I enjoyed jumping into these worlds, seeing action, kind of figuring out what's going to happen. These are not super deep storylines, but they are visually satisfying mm-hmm. and they don't cut back on the on the graphics. I enjoyed it. These are like great popcorn movies. Right. Right. And they're pretty consistent. So even if the rest of the rest of Hollywood is not producing quality action films, I pretty much know what I'm going to get from Marvel. Right. It's going to be worth my five dollar Tuesday. No, that makes sense. Not a ten dollar, but, but it's definitely worth a five dollar Tuesday. Okay. That makes perfect sense. Uh, and so I have, luxury, I have Disney Plus, so I can catch up on on a lot of these. So there you go. There you right. That's one way to do it for sure. Then I don't pay for it. My brother in law does, so I get it for free. Oh, you you <laughs> yeah. make it out all the way. Even better. Yeah. Even better. 
Yeah, you got to So with Black <laughs> with Black Panther and Wakanda, the precursor to that in DC is actually Gorilla City. And it's a hidden city of highly advanced gorillas. Seems like remember it's going to take an immediate left. Yeah, cuz it's where you get Gorilla Grodd. The the villain from from DC if you play for uh, Flash? Yeah. Grodd? Yeah. The really smart Gorilla King dude? Yeah. He yeah, he's from Gorilla City. Okay. And I was like, "Man, so you when you take this idea and twist it, you replace the gorillas with the melanin rich?" That's messed up. So now wow. you gotta be careful how you how you answer this one. What ties or makes the connection for you between these two storylines? Because someone might argue that aren't you superimposing the values that you see from Gorilla City onto Wakanda's? What do you mean? How do you know that it's a rehashing of the Gorilla City motif? Well, one, it's a, it's a pattern that, that Marvel had to steal ideas shortly after the release of DC. Okay. So then we have the first, the primary release on DC, which is what happens. We have Gorilla City, and then they take over. And it's everything is the same except the name of the city and who occupies it. By everything, what do you mean? Give me some. So it's a hidden city. Okay. Both of them had a, a comet or meteor, whatever it is, that crashed and that allowed the gorillas it gave them the intellectual superior over the other gorillas right so then they were able to interact with this um this substance and develop their hidden city and their higher level of technology but they didn't want to be integrated with the rest of the world so they ended up using this technology to give them stealth and hide the city so no one knows that it exists it's the same exact story of wakanda now for your sake in your life Yes. I needed you to explain that so people didn't think that you were making an unnecessary okay. No, connection. that's good. Because I've I've done the work. I was like, they, no. they might thought your racism was leaking out a little bit. And no. I, I mean, I know you. I'm trying to expose the racism of those that put this together. Right. I just didn't want you to be accused. No, that's I appreciate it. All right. I appreciate it. So then the other thing. So it could just be, all right, look, we we see a change. You know, whatever they they changed Thanos. Maybe they just changed stuff, and it doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. So then I went to to really look at the actual um, interaction of the characters in the Black Panther movie, and I was like, this does not paint any of them in a good light. Because you have in the movie they they talk about the oppressed peoples, mm-hmm. and they talk about the ones that look like us, right? So they're just talking about the way people look, and not even true ethnicity. We, we have a clip to play, but it's a real convoluted conversation between there's 2 billion people that look just like us that are uh, oppressed. And he's talking to that's Killmonger talking to T'Challa and T'Challa's like, well, I'm not, you know, I'm the king of Wakanda, not the whole world. And then Killmonger goes, well, didn't all life start here? So aren't you, you know, supposed to aren't all people your people? And I'm like, okay, hold on a second. What is it? Is it just the 2 billion melanin rich that are your people are all people, your people. You you can't hold both of these ideas. Um, you know, there is that idea, though. There's the idea that civilization and humanity started in Africa. I have no problem with that. Then all people should be children of Africa, not just the melanin rich ones. That's the issue that I have. You guys have your section. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, it's, 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 oh my gosh, it's not a logically consistent right. perspective. You guys got Captain America, you got America. <laughs> Man, we can't have little old Wakanda and Zamunda, can we? That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying it, it, it's just logically inconsistent. I and, follow you. I, I follow the logical fallacy that's being used. Right, and then they even blame they they call the the main I can't remember the guy's name. The guy that played Bilbo Baggins, he shows up in Black Panther. It's the only white. Is it? It might be the only white person in the movie, or the only melanin deficient person in the movie. Uh, I think so, as a as a minor character, right? And they they refer to him as a colonizer, right? So there's this idea throughout that the melanin rich are being oppressed by the melanin deficient, the colonizers. You know that shows up when Killmonger goes to the museum to retrieve the uh, the mask and the vibranium staff. Mm-hmm. And he asked the lady, where did your people get this? I mean, you didn't buy it. Right. You stole it. Right. So, yeah, that idea shows up pretty early. Right. And I'm not arguing that, but I am arguing the social dynamic that this issue only causes infighting of the melanin rich. The only people that that you see fighting, both the protagonist and the antagonist in the movie Black Panther are melanin rich, but they're proclaiming that the villain is melanin deficient. So I just think if you look past the exciting action movie portrayed by these wonderful melanin-rich actors, they're really not portraying the melanin-rich culture in a very good light. They're not giving a substantial banner to actually run under. It's no different than the Caesarians and the Zionists going around the world saying hey these people are bad and they call them jews and then they infight and then everybody's bad because it, it, or if you attack and say the word jew um but not really You're going and look at the root word or culture because the, the jews today aren't the of the original 12 tribes these were the kazarians that that were, were given a, a choice and oh we'll just take judaism and then the zionists step in and then oh if we have all this infighting and it spreads around the world Wow, we went on we went on both sides. It's divide and conquer strategy. Mm-hmm. And that's what's utilized by the financing partners behind Disney and almost every other Fortune 500 company. Yep. Right. They they don't want to and it's not and it's not just I mean yes, there is a war on the melanin rich, mm-hmm. but there's a war on everyone. There is because there's a war on humanity. Right. So mm-hmm. Republican Republican Democrat, none of us are given any substantial banner any anymore like the quality is degrading across the board well that was developed by tavistock they actually show that if you want to go in and and take over a a section what you do is you establish infighting by creating labels that are juxtaposed to one another and you continue to divide smaller and smaller groups till you create a psychopathic um mob mentality amongst those groups well, that goes it's how you establish control. What you said earlier, Jason, about you know your feelings. Oh, I wasn't cheating on you. As I was out late buying you gifts. Okay, so if you're in a relationship and one partner all of a sudden out of the blue, you're a cheater. 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 Nine times out of ten, they're the ones cheating. Nine right. times out of ten, political party or not, two wings, one fucking bird. In my opinion. You're racist, you're racist, you're racist, you're racist, you're racist. 
And then you really look, wait, you're the racist, but you're calling everybody right. It, or take, you know, homophobic, take, I mean, take, take any topic and it, it, it infighting at its best divide and conquer. Yep. Yep. And it's an effective strategy. It works. <clears throat> it is. But like we were saying, the the Bible isn't antithetical to science. It's antithetical to the agenda of the Kabbalist. Mm -hmm. So just like Joe Biden is not a quality banner, not a good representation of, of America alone. But uh, America, I believe you meant. <laughs> I voted I for him five times it. in the last election. <laughs> right. They're all going to count, too. Yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah. But I would argue also that I don't think Trump is a good representative to that particular party. I no, have he's the a Zionist. best people. I know the right. best people. I have got the best deals. We have the best deals <laughs> on voter fraud machines. Yes, he's the best. Man, somebody sent me a video and it was like 10 minutes of nothing but Trump going. I know more about this than anybody. Yeah. I was like, man, he must be a genius. Oh, he knows a lot. <laughs> A whole lot. But I think this is this is one way that the Bible gives us the particular tools to battle this type of uh, Tavistockian approach because it gives us an excellent person in Jesus to represent, right? Mm -hmm. Because even years and years later, if you want to defy the def or um, not accept the divinity of Christ, a lot of people still recognize him as a good teacher, as a good man. Like it's hard to take him off of this pedestal, even after thousands of years of research. I think he's a wonderful banner in which to to represent humans and have us. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Huddle under, right? Mm -hmm. And the Bible even says that God created us one blood. So there's so much in there that defies even just this specific attack that that is being um, incited on us across societal lines. Yeah, dude, when you pointed out to me uh, doing the notes for this, some of the problems with Black Panther, I hadn't seen that before, okay. which is really troubling to me uh, because I, it, it would it, it would seem to indicate that I might be uh, desensitized okay. to that level of portrayal of melanin-rich relationships and interrelationships, right? Mm -hmm. But one of the problems I really had with Black Panther was the fact that the entire story is based on Nephilim activity, right? Mm -hmm. it, it's based on the, let's see, infilling and co-mingling of a demonic spirit inside of the Black Panther. Like you have to take on the, the cat goddess Bast. Right. And it's the fact that it's a goddess that's mixed with, uh, you know, semi-human goddess mixed with animal DNA, which becomes a cat goddess, which would make it a Nephilim creature. Right. And you're taking the spirit of that and putting it into the body of a human being in order to empower that being with supernatural abilities that, but also you give that being the divine right to rule based on that spiritual lineage. That's a lot. It's a lot. And then mm -hmm. they add in occult rituals that are displayed in order for T'Challa, who's Black Panther, to talk with his ancestors, which is a forbidden, uh, a biblically forbidden practice. He has to drain himself of the spirit, be buried almost as though he's dead, ascend into the ethereal realm, 
have this conversation, go back into his body and come up from the dead. It's like a resurrection, death, burial, resurrection ritual, mocking the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And this is just wow. smack dab in the middle of the movie. I'm right. like, I'm just supposed to ignore that. <laughs> like, that's crazy. Uh-huh. That's completely wild. Like, we didn't need that. That didn't advance the story at all. Right. The entire storyline. How many people do you think actually caught that? Subconsciously, everyone who watched it. Consciously, very few. Right. And that's the danger of absorbing content without having your cognitive parameters up and cognitive cognitive defense parameters up so that you're not getting you're you're not accepting the messaging that you're being bombarded with. Because I'll, I'll be because they honest are definitely with you, coming with it. Until I heard you on on Ryan's show, I never once thought of looking at any Marvel movie the way you guys broke it down and especially the Avengers. And I'm just like, that makes so that, that, that's perfect sense. That, that that's spot on. How did, how did I miss that? But you know what I mean? I, I kind of watched the movies as I did as a kid, read some comic books. I just took it at face value. Okay. Puny God. Mm. And he walks away, you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> mm-hmm. One of my favorite lines mm. and favorite, he just, for, puny god and i'm like yeah right see i remember watching that and i was like i wonder if there's a part of me that wants to do that to god at some point yeah. and just smash around <laughs> and be like you ain't that big yeah you know it kind of it kind of invokes that out of you right yeah you just walk off like like pure alpha after smashing like loki looked violated yeah like <laughs> totally. i thought we were going to take him to a clinic Right, I thought he was like, "Hey, man, not only do you have PTSD, you might have caused something in that smash tower." <laughs> I was like, waiting We're for dust to fly off. I'm like, he was a rug being beaten around. You know what I mean? Like, pop, 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 pop. Well, he was. Right. He couldn't even breathe. No. I, I was like, man, he might have CPD. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's, that's crazy. Funny. But uh, I think it's interesting that you know the the hero motif works so well to invert the gospel messaging like you were saying Jason because it really ties to that the nephilim kings and the right to rule and and all of that and it had me thinking when we were doing the show and I wanted to I hadn't listened to a lot of your stuff ghost I listened to the uh conspiracy underground news team and I listened to a couple of talks of the tavern and I wasn't sure like why it was called my third eye like I I mean I could I could make some guesses but I was like I wonder because I've not heard many people talk about this we could kind of touch on um in this in this vein of thought and using the 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 Nephilim kings, this this inverted gospel, the messaging of the elites and the Kabbalists. Have you heard of the seven root races of theosophy? I can't name them, but I have heard of them. Okay. Cause this uh we did this when we did our Blavatsky episode, right, Jason? Yeah. Yeah, and it was really interesting to me. And then even the first time I went through it, I didn't catch that it is kind of this, this, because they tie in with the this, chakras. Is that where you're going? Oh, do they? I think so. No, I wasn't gonna to tie it in with the chakras. Um, it, it the the seven root races kind of tells in a distorted version of the biblical narrative. Oh, okay. Oh, it could be wrong. Man. I was thinking okay. seven chakras, seven root races. So many spirituality people put intertwine all these different theories into one and it's it it's like just shut up 
all right, just, just shut up. <laughs> At the end of the day, sometimes it's like, stop. Right. Well, I mean, that's what Blavatsky was doing a lot of trying to to take a little bit here, a little bit there and and put all this together um, to, to make sense. Because, I mean, essentially what we're really looking at, because the Kabbalists want a one world religion, right? Mm -hmm. So we have to get all the lines crossed at some point in time. Well, they just all <clears throat> all the religious leaders met up on uh, Mount Mount Hermon again. Yeah, or was it Sinai? Or Sinai? I haven't or, heard about Herman, but no, the, I heard about I think Sinai. It was Sinai, where, where Moses got. Okay, the okay. But then there's yeah, yeah, Mount Sinai. Then there was the talk that they didn't have the route right Mount Sinai compared to the one that was the original one in the Bible, it, but. The fact that they did it, you know what? I mean, like, that's not that big a deal. Why are you even mocking this? What, what, you show like they they were just showing. It's not that big a deal, really. Right, all you got to right. do is just ask ask the rock what Mount Sinai itself identifies as, and once it tells you, <laughs> yeah. you stay there, you roll with it. You know, you don't you don't violate the rock's I, sovereign I'm ability Mount to identify. I'm not Mount. Oh, Herman. okay. I'm Mount okay. Hermon. <laughs> exactly. But the the seven root races is is um is from what I've found is more of a timeline that Theosophy kind of explains the uh, the early races and then moves into the Aryans and I believe this is what spoke to the um, the Nazi occultists and gave them the uh, the religious theological grounds for their eugenics and genocide that they put in place. But it, there, there's also a little bit here about the third eye. So I was like, okay, we can do Marvel and then and then kind of tie this stuff in. Um, I think it's interesting. You can tell me what you think, Ghost. All right. Yeah, shoot. Uh, but the seven root races, we have the Polarians, the Hyperboreans, the Lumerians, Atlanteans, Aryans. And then the the last two are weird. It's the seal and trumpet. So that sounds a lot like biblical eschatology end time mm -hmm. stuff. <clears throat> But the Polarians, going back to the beginning, is the first root race, and they were primarily spiritual, just like living in the astral plane, and they, they didn't have any physical remains. So this would have been like pre-creation if we're running it with a timeline next to the Bible. And then the Hyperboreans would be uh, the, the second root race, <clears throat> and they were semi-astral. Uh, they grew denser. They had more opaque. They were more opaque, passing with each age. Uh, they became more gelatinous in structure. And they had the the rudimentary beginnings of bones and organs and, and hair and that that type of thing. So this is a weird, like, evolutionary telling. Like, evolution is typically taught from a stri uh, strictly scientific or naturalistic naturalist perspective this is a weird combination of evolution and super spirituality so the uh the hyperboreans mix the uh the the spirit body and the physical body and they start developing and then as they pass through they even had animal forms so if we're running this next to the biblical narrative this would be similar to the genesis 6 um, where the the Neph or the the fallen angels came down and and raped the women, and then their offspring were mixed of you know celestial beings and physical beings. Where so we that, might that's get kind of cryptids from. Right, right, exactly. So which is why, like, right, right, part animal forms and stuff. So it's it's the stuff is is pretty interesting the way they lay it out. And if it really is the backbone of the religion of the United Nations, 
and the, and the Kabbalist and stuff, I think we can actually get a better idea on how they perceive the world by looking at this timeline a little bit. Mm. So this takes us to the the third root race of theosophy, and it's the Lumerians, and they're the ones with first physical bodies, and they were described as a race of three-eyed giants that inhabited a lost continent. Um, what is it? The lost continent of Lumeria, which is somewhere in the Indian and Pacific Oceans, like where they are now. And this is interesting because this is where, at least from from a theosophical perspective, the third eye. So the third eye was um, part of these three-eyed giants and the third root race of theosophy. And then we'll move out of that into the Atlanteans where we see more humanoid races and they lost the third eye. So from this perspective, the third eye is a, a vestigial organ of a more spiritual race that existed before the, the humanoid version of, of what we see today. So I thought that was interesting. That is interesting. And when they... So after, oh, go ahead. No, go, go ahead. ahead. No, nope, continue. Uh, after the Lumerians, we have the Atlanteans. And they're broken down into seven uh, sub-races. So the uh, Romals, the uh, Tavatils, the Toltecs, the first Turanians, the original Semites, Akkadians, and Mongolians. So this is what they would think is like the the first like groundbreaking human races. Mm-hmm. This is where it gets really interesting for me. The the fifth root race is the Aryans. And this, you know, of course has got a bad connotations because of what the Nazis did, but it's also broken down into seven sub races. So we have Hindus, Sumerians, Egyptians, the Greeks and Romans as four, Europeans as five. Six is Novamen, and seven is the Indigo Children and Star Children. Hmm. So if the Nazis were really trying to solidify this, the fifth step in the Aryan um, era, I guess, of the seven root races of theosophy, because we know that they were influenced by by, um, theosophy. And they were trying to to really hammer in the European era of the Aryan race. That would mean that this next one, and we could look, if you're trying to vilify a people group, the Europeans now are a, are, are a great place to look. You know, you look at the ruling class and, 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 and all of this stuff. So we go, okay, if, if we're in or to the end of the European era and moving into the next one, the next one is the Nova men, which is new men. And I was like, okay, now this sounds crazy because this sounds like the actual agendas that we're seeing put in place. You know, the World Economic Forum, we see the fourth industrial revolution say that it's going to redefine what it means to be human. So it'd be new humans, new men. Mm. I was like, wow, are they really trying to follow this and and make this happen? Because that's crazy. So then after the, the Aryans... I have no idea what the last two actually mean other than comparing it to the seal and trumpets of, of revelation. Right. Cause it, uh, I mean, six, it just sealed. There's not a, a subgrouping of races, just the, the, the sixth root race is a seal. The seventh root race is a trumpet. And then this weird idea that once that runs its cycle, that the human life wave will then transfer to Mars and kind of start over. I was like, that's bizarre. 
but I mean, we're trying to get to Mars too. So yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it's not that way out in the field. Then there's theories that we originated from Mars and were sent here. So that's just one of those side notes to, to throw in there. Okay. Okay. Yes, I thought this stuff was interesting. It's very interesting. And when you're talking the third eye, um, you know, okay, the three eyed, you know, beings or giants or whatever. And then, okay, now we have two eyes, but yet we have a pineal gland that does crazy stuff. And, you know, my show is all about finding truth, finding, you know, people's stories if they're if they believe that they're true you know what i mean i'm not going to judge anybody on on a, a topic that wants to come on as long as i'm getting good information and good knowledge that sets me forward in in, in my my thinking or the audience thing so a lot of people got confused when I first came on the scene. They're like, oh, you must be spiritual. At the time, mm, I was a little bit. My background, um, baptized uh, Christian in the Susquehanna River, middle of January, was devout, had a little falling out, uh, believe in the Bible, believe in creator, um, believe in God, um, struggling a little bit with different stuff that I look into with Jesus being what we were told, but I will take that concept over what we see today. You know what I mean? Like, okay, if, if there's nothing else gun to head, yes, I'll believe in Christ and, and his teachings through and through because they, and those teachings, better man, better humankind. And right. what, what the other side is doing, ooh, no, fuck that. Gun to head, I'll take your gun and shoot them and then go follow Christ. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so we were talking about the uh, the Bible being a, an asset or a tool set against the agenda of the elites. Mm -hmm. So if we, if we use the seven root races of theosophy as kind of a backdrop or a template that they want to use, I was like, I wonder if the Bible has a template that functions kind of like this. And I think we do. Uh, in Daniel, there was a Nebuchadnezzar had the dream of the statue. Are you familiar with that? I have read the Bible front to back, but it's been, well, let me see, my daughter's 19. So probably 15 years ago, if okay. maybe a little bit okay. longer. But I am familiar with Daniel. And then the, the, I think in Daniel, Daniel mirrors Revelations a lot, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And yeah, you get the it, 70 weeks of Daniel and end times and all that. Yeah. And isn't in Daniel where he sees a, a, a flying wheel in the sky. Um, I want to say that's Ezekiel. That's what I was Maybe thinking. I think Ezekiel, that's Ezekiel. Ezekiel was my favorite book to be honest with you. And I haven't read okay, it in a long time. Okay. I don't know. I don't, everybody's like, why Ezekiel, man? He's, he had to eat his own feces to eat his own feces lay on his side for 40 days i don't know <laughs> the dude went through some shit i liked it <laughs> and he came out good right right <laughs> <laughs> yeah no doubt but no so in daniel uh, nebuchadnezzar had a dream and it was a, a dream of a statue that had a head of gold and had breasts and arms of silver uh, his belly and thighs was made of brass his legs were made of iron and then his feet was made of iron and clay and this was supposed to be 
uh, when Daniel interprets Nebuchadnezzar's dream, he talks about this being uh, the progression of nations. So Babylon would be the head of gold because they were the superpower. And then as you move down, the quality of metal changes, as does the the power and influence of the nation. So you start with Babylon and then you move into like meadow and Persia and they become arms of uh, silver. And then what's worse than silver or less, I guess not worse, but um, not as valuable as silver is, is brass. And that's where Greece comes in. Because Greece will follow Persia or follows Persia. And all this was put in place, like was written down before this actual progression of nations. <clears throat> so then after Greece, we have Rome move into power and the, that's the legs of iron. Then it gets really interesting is the feet made of iron and clay. Some people think is like um, Roman Catholic Church and the modern nations of Europe. But there's an interesting statement that says that because the clay is mixed with the iron, Daniel says that they will mix their seed with men. I was like, huh, that's interesting. If you're mixing your seed with men, it must be non-human seed that's mixing in. Mm. And you go back to the root races of theosophy and they're talking about after the European comes the new men. And then after that, the star children, I got to go, oh, okay. This is all starting to connect a little bit too tightly, especially when we're talking about um, transhumanism yep. and uh, the grain technologies. And I was like, I mean, not to, this is not the best analogy, but if all roads lead to Rome, right? Like all these things are connecting. Got to be pretty suspicious of what the elites are trying to do. And the Bible yep. tried to warn us of this long, long time ago. And not only all roads lead to Rome, you have the other saying, Hey, when in Rome, yeah, what the Romans do, you know what I mean? Whether it's how they took a shit or traveled or whatever, you know, when in Rome, you do what the Romans do. But then, right, whether you want to do it or not, yeah. you, you better blend in, or it's not going to be a good thing. Right. But the clay thing has has me thinking because you can mold clay into certain things. Now, a seal is not normally done in clay, but you know, wax is a form of a seal but you could mold right the clay could also in my mind tie into the seal as well okay just that's just, interesting i don't know that's just coming to thought right now and in kind of you know interpreting it but i mean i could be completely wrong trust me no i mean there definitely might be something there and I hadn't even I haven't thought of the the malleability of clay in reference to the the other metals of the statue. So that's interesting. Yeah, it seems to be that that clay and iron don't mix, so you couldn't really make a structure, a lasting structure with the two. Right. Which corresponds with the fact that that whatever blending might happen, one of those natures is going to win out over the other. Oh, okay. I hadn't thought of it like that. And between the two, which one do you think is the weaker nature? Yeah. And clay, huh. clay, I don't know, kind of rhymes with another word, but just saying. Yeah. <laughs> you can't procreate if you're clay. Right. Interesting. Interesting. Like iron different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of saying rock, we're going to have to say iron something. Yeah. There's a lot of iron in that movie. 
But yeah, so I mean, so it's it's really interesting to consider the fact that these major technological advances that again, you know, tying back to the thing that we said in the beginning, they try to tell us that the Bible is preventing it. But if a lot of these things are instituted because they want to change us, they want to change what it means to be human. I mean, that that's I mean, we're using technology now to to, to do this podcast. So I don't yeah. think that it's all inherently evil, but there's clearly an agenda. Yeah, oh, I've been up in the air on it, on whether I think technology is, is evil or not. Oh, really? Um, just looking at what it's based on and how some of that came about. Uh, while I know there are good things that can be done with it, mm-hmm. I've wondered if technology as we know it was given to man to produce man's downfall. Okay. And it's free will. That's interesting. I mean, that's that's a lot of what the the Unabomber thought. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't landed firmly on a position on that, but mm-hmm. it's definitely something I've kept in the back of my mind wondering, especially with so much of our modern day technology being based off of electricity. And some of the the. See, I want to say metaphorical, but I don't think that's the right word. Um but some of the connections that that has with Lucifer iconography. Okay. I've just wondered. So, sorry, we're kind of taking over ghost show. Um, I have guests on for that reason. (laughs) (laughs) So we, we know that there's all types of technology that we had prior to now, right? Okay. So do you think that all of it is bad or do you think that in this rediscovery of technology they're just giving us that which we're going to shoot ourselves in the foot with that's a loaded Mm. question no pun intended yeah and i don't know if i would go to say that it's all bad like that technology itself is moral you know a a moral thing okay probably amoral however if we're giving tech if we are given technology that is before our time that we were not intended to have from a sovereign perspective, Mm -hmm. then if it's outside the will and purview of God, then it would be by definition bad. Okay. So maybe there was a time later when man had proven his fealty to God in his way that, that we got certain technological advancements. All right. But right now, the things that I think we've been given have, in my opinion, been used to quote unquote, improve life. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's also been used to push life back to where it was prior to the flood. So I'm not even sure if we're making advancements as much as I think we're making recovery. Okay. And if that's the if that's truly what's happening, then it's going to lead me to really ask, where are we getting the information? Like, where do we get our opinion of technology? No, not just that. Where do we get the the technological plans? Like, take somebody like Tesla. Tesla was obviously involved in some occult activity mm-hmm. and Tesla said that he got downloads like immediate full blueprint type downloads of the type of technological advancements that we would find amazing. Now he got the stuff immediately dropped in his head, right? Where's that coming from? It ain't coming from Wikipedia. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. right. I, it's making me wonder now, do I think everything that he designed was quote unquote bad? I wouldn't go that far. I put a question mark on him. Like, where did you really get the the idea from? Yeah. How has it been utilized across human history? Is it really being utilized to help mankind? Or is this just maybe a fringe benefit of help with a 
with a primary function of destroying us further down. Okay. Or maybe they had all this technology and they realized, wow, or someone realized you guys are using it for all the wrong reasons, shut everything down and we had to start over. And now maybe someone, the Kabbalah, the Cabal, whoever, the 13 fam- bloodlines, maybe they're cherry picking what technology we receive to further an agenda that they've known about or, or, you know, have records to, to divert from something that happened in the past to, to change the future, to ben- obviously benefit them and still keep us in a state of king and surf throughout the world. You know what I mean? I, mean, I think I, I think that's very possible. You know, one of the things that will give me rise and alarm is is taking a look at the events of Genesis six and mm-hmm. some of the. the you guys talk to Gary Wayne at all? I want to, but no. He sent you an email. He answered a question that you sent him. Well, that's true, but I don't know if that quite constitutes talk. You guys get him on that's your fair. show. He he's he's fantastic. Wait, how do you get Gary on your show? I'll I'll send you his email. All Let's right, go. we're gonna have Gary. That'd be sweet. Yeah, yeah we're not gonna say a word. <laughs> yeah, on, keep he, talking, he, Gary. and he does he more knows. than just the Genesis Six conspiracy. I mean, he can go down any. He goes down some super deep rabbit holes. When I inter- I think you know, but- I had him on too soon on my podcast because I was sitting there thinking I was listening to a podcast that had Gary Wayne on, and I'm just like, dude. I'm sitting there. Ask <laughs> questions. Ask questions. Because <laughs> I, I was just right. sitting there, like, whoa, you know, like Bill and Ted. Whoa. No, I get it. <laughs> you know yeah, know? yeah, I, like, I get yeah, it. I got some deep. questions. I would love to have him on. That'd be sweet. That, that would be super dope, man. Um, but I think when you when you look at that and you look at the history of technology given to mankind, it seems to come from the celestial realm, and it seems to be for our demise. Mm-hmm. Well, I, like you were saying, Ghost, that if if we use technology the wrong way, so it was taken away. I think that's exactly what happened at the Tower of Babel. Mm-hmm. If humans had designed this portal to wage war against the Creator, then God's like, "Yeah, you're you can't do this anymore. I, I'm I'm gonna take this away." But then, yeah, I think the um, you have to rewind backwards and see where they got that from. And they got it from fallen angels, right? So right. it still makes me wonder, it, it, given man's probationary period on this planet mm-hmm. right, and what we did with free will, has the things that have come about from that? Because like the first mention we get of technological advancement is coming after the fall. That's interesting. So are we really getting this stuff from the right side for the right reason? Now, I'm one who thinks that God's kingdom has probably got super advanced technology. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think it's as portrayed in 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 the film world. Right. I think it's it's it would blow our minds the types of things that really go on in the spiritual world. But who gets it and when they get it makes a huge difference. I like a so. firearm in our hands and a wonderful tool. My two year old son. Very distracting. That's a problem. That's yeah. a problem. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. I'd call it evil. Yeah. 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 
So, so that that's interesting <laughs> that wondering, like, maybe we got it too soon and that would cause us to mismanage it. I mean, is that kind of what you're saying? Well, essentially, yeah. yeah, essentially, you know, if we got some of the stuff before we approved our, our allegiance, that way you could prove I'm not going to use this improperly. I'm not going to use this to break your, your created order. I'm not going to use this to defy your will. I'm not going to use this to create chaos or destruction or harm. I'm going to use this to better your created order. Okay, cool. So one of the things that heaven has to offer is technology beyond our comprehension. Oh, heck yeah. And that, I'm staying. Oh, that's a dope thought. And for you, I'm telling you, I'm staying up to date on everything. <laughs> I'm getting every new download. For, for all eternity. Exactly. Like, Did you update? Did you update yet? <laughs> right. I'm going to be the dude that announces it coming to you live. Heaven 6.0.1.2. <laughs> Did you guys make corrections? No, we made updates. That's funny. We don't correct anything because everything's perfect. We just <laughs> keep it pushing around here. Oh, that's so hilarious. J- Jason just goes, puts his head down. He doesn't move for a minute. What are you doing? I'm updating. I, I updated. <laughs> Sorry. Update complete. Right. Oh, that's funny. I thought he was buffering. No, I was updating. Man. <laughs> you call up the new version. Oh, that's awesome. I love this. <laughs> oh, we're not done. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, no, no. We've got more. Well, let's go. So what, go let, me, let me say one thing before you go ahead. take on what you were going to say. So we talk about technology and, and how we're, we're misusing it or whatever. And did we really get the technology from the uh, like celestial realm or whatever? I think that even like societal technology, like the way governments are constructed, because we think Babylonian money magic so that would be financial technology that we get from the satanic realm or, or however you want to phrase that. Uh, I would also say governmental technology. I think that's why we see communism regurgitated over and over and over because the I think the, the one of the real dangers in communism because it's based off of conflict theory. So whoever has the most is the villain, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you have the land, you're the villain. If you're the head of your home and you're married, you're the villain. If you're on the brothel, you're the villain. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, essentially, because you know, the idea <laughs> is that that I love that. It was delayed, but it was great. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> that whoever has hold on. I would love to know the thought process <laughs> in your head. <laughs> You say brothel? Why did he say brothel? Well, did you have the most of it? Oh, oh. <laughs> that's great. But no, uh, as as just remember, Christopher remembered s- the porn in 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 Fight Club. So <laughs> <laughs> I would just do that little frame well, in there. That's on my permanent record now. <laughs> no, no, nothing else about the movie. But hey, he spiced some porn in those movies yeah. like those kids. I, I can't Forget watch Fight Club now. Forget the Coca Cola, <laughs> right? Right. I really don't remember the Coca-Cola. That's hilarious. <clears throat> but yeah, so the the whole idea of conflict theory is that those that are in power have to be, by nature of having power, oppressing those that don't have it. Right. So if we believe in a creator God, but we've bought into this idea of conflict theory and communism, God will always, always be the villain. Because God always has the most. Right. That's that's insightful there, and and that's so where we a lot of these his... new people are coming up with the theory and conspiracy theory. Well, what if God of the Bible is the the bad guy and Satan was actually really the good guy? You know, that's the whole new divide that's being thrown out there. Mm-hmm. 
right? Sympathy for the Satan, do as thou wilt. It's this, mm-hmm. it, it, it's crazy. I mean, because it, it emotionally feels better. Oh, I can do what I want. Oh, you know, this, this rebel's on my side. You know, we're the oppressed ones. Let's fight back. Other than, you know, give up what you want to do and follow these rules because there's a, a grain to the universe and you need to go with the grain and not against it. I mean, people are, are, I mean, inherently resistant. You know, we want to do what we want. So any message that's going to feed that narcissism is going to be embraced, especially in a culture where we're taught to think with our emotions and not engage our minds. Right. All right. What'd you have, Jason? Well, you know, we were talking earlier, this idea of is, is scripture wholly adequate to address the concerns and issues of our day, right? Mm -hmm. Basically is, is scripture relevant to the things that we see going on. And I think most people would be surprised. You know, I'm often one that says, I think God needs a much better PR person. I think you should apply for the job. You've said it enough. You should apply. I'm sure the benefits are great, but the hours are horrible. Okay. I need my sleep. But I'm with you. Right. But, but whoever. Uh, hold on, guys. You just dropped your uh, second feed with the audio. And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, just because you said nature, I don't know, this really convoluted line of thought. I wanted to hit this when we were talking about Loki. Oh, go ahead, man. So when nature calls Ace Ventura, Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey, mask, mask, Loki. Got it? Yeah. It was really interesting to me um, that the the spirit that inhabits the mask they hint that that's Loki in the mask movie. They do say that it happens real quick and they just roll past it. And I was like, that's Loki. This is an interesting piece, Mr. Ipkiss. Looks like fourth or fifth century Scandinavian, possibly a representation of one of the Norse night gods, maybe Loki. Loki? Who's Loki? The Norse god of mischief. Supposedly, he caused so much trouble that Odin banished him from Valhalla forever. Then he could have banished him into that mask. I'm talking about mythology, Mr. Ipkiss. This is a piece of wood. But your book. My book is about masks as a metaphor, Mr. Ipkiss. A metaphor, not to be taken literally. You're suffering from a mild delusion. The mask is Loki. That's crazy. Yeah, and he was full of mischief in that movie. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was like a <laughs> a, a, a um, demon possessed mask, though. Yeah, but nobody looks at Loki as a demon. That's yeah. true, right? But that's kind of the way it was portrayed, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, if it was the Nephilim kings and the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim are the demons, I mean, it it fits the the paradigm. Before we jump into, into what we're going to get into, <laughs> there was something we 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 flew past earlier when we were talking about the Nephilim kings and the right to rule. Okay, that I think it might be kind of cool just to expose the audience to this. Do you want to expose the audience uh, to a concept? Okay, yes. Bring your mind back from left. Start turning <laughs> it. You know, starboard. Gotcha. Okay, good. So, um. I think most of us in, in a modern sense have an idea of governments being established by the people, right? 
either somebody either they're voted in put that in air quotes or they are selected in or they inherit the throne inherit the throne right okay it's not a common idea to look at those go- those who are in power and those who are in governing positions of authority mm-hmm. as being there by way of a blood right. I mean, unless you're from a monarchy, like for to the Western mind, it sounds really bizarre. It does. But I mean, even going all the way back, if you start looking at monarchies, most of them are there because of because of conquest. Oh, okay. And not like quality of blood, actually. Right. Gotcha. Okay. So I think if we rewind this back, there, there was something, uh, I think it was, we were talking about Gary Wayne a moment ago. I believe it was him who pointed out the fact that the, the occult uses symbolism as their primary language because they're able to conceal the meaning to those who are uninitiated, which helps mitigate the amount of persecution that they receive right disney uses so there's this th- all the time what do you say i said disney uses it all the time they do they're like masters of it mm-hmm. um but this idea of a a god king seems really weird like we see it in the in the movie 300 right or the weird persian dude uh-huh mm-hmm. uh xerxes right so, oh, yeah, i am a god king and like nah <laughs> <laughs> You're not a good poster child for this concept, bro. <laughs> All right. Um, if you go back into antiquity, though, and you look at the term royal, it's actually comprised of two words. Roy. Yeah. And Al. So ROI is one word. And then AL is another. Every time I hear Roy and Royale, I immediately think of uh, Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Royale with cheese. Exactly. I was watching. <laughs> I was watching TV yesterday. And uh, what was it? Uh. QPC came on. It was a McDonald's commercial and just said QPC. And I said, what? Quarter pounder with cheese. I immediately thought, what is it over in Europe? <laughs> it's going to be a RAC. It's a rack. I'll have two racks, please. I was like, this is going to go south quick. <laughs> can't imagine that's what they call it. But what's interesting is that Roy meant king. Right. Okay. And then Al, A-L, is a derivation of E-L, and E-L historically meant God. So the very concept of royal is really an embedded concept of God-King. Okay. If you're dealing with that and you hear all about the royal family, the royal this, the royal that, you're immediately dealing with the concept of a God-King lineage, which gets its, it gets its initiation done with the Nephilim offspring. Okay. Right. They were placed as the patron spirits, if you will, over the various nation states that were created pre-flood. And then again, I believe post-flood. Okay. And so this concept of royalty has its roots embedded in a spiritual concept of Nephilim conquest and activity. Okay. You fast forward into modern day era And the same concept carries over in different ways. Like you get the right to rule, which is passed down through some of the European monarchies. Right. But they claim ancestry to Nephilim progeny. Right. Going back to like Vlad the Impaler, who was the 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 base character for Dracula. 
King Charles mm-hmm. descent, uh, descendant. Of, right. Prince Charles claims descent from that. Yeah. So does so does the Bushes. Mm-hmm. They claim him as an ancestor. It's nuts. Isn't it like, it's it's crazy because some of the stuff you know, but then when you hear it again, I mean it's it's crazy. Right. Because then you go look at forty one. I'm like, man, you looked weird and you talked weird, but was you really an ancestor of Vlad? Like, is, is that what we're saying? This is kind of hard to conceptualize that, right? Mm-hmm. But then it has its fingerprints in other areas, right? So the the Nephilim creatures came, apparently came in, in a whole bunch of different size variations, right? right? You had your big boys. You had the ones, I believe scripture records some of them were as big as cedar trees, right? So Cedars of Lebanon. Which are, from what I understand, pretty tall. Right. Or are we talking like? 30, 40 feet or even higher? I think so. Oh, bigger than that. About how high? Because I, I couldn't remember. I thought it would I thought they went up to like 60 feet. That's that's crazy. I can't even imagine a six-story person going, hello. Right. Like, can you imagine that? Somebody's like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> like, wouldn't that freak you out? It would. Yeah. It freaked me out when you did it just now, and you're not even <laughs> Do you have any butter? <laughs> Yeah, that, I, I'm going to lose Pardon it, me, right? Can I have some gray poop on? Right. You said you wanted to poop on what? I'm sorry. I can't talk right now. Um, I think it's interesting, though, that the, they came in different sizes, apparently. And Gary Wayne goes into a, a huge expose on all of this. But one of the things that was fascinating is that the giant section of offspring that came from the Nephilim mm-hmm. appeared to spread out post-flood over the whole Earth, right? Right. And so Joshua's conquest wasn't just about kicking people out of the land for the sake of of Israel. It was also about destroying the Nephilim clans that that had inherited and polluted the land that God was going to give to the to the ancient Israelites. Okay. so as he's going through creating war and this is war happening in in a multiple dimensional theater. Right. It's not just happening here on the planet. It's also happening on the other side of the veil with the spiritual entities that are empowering the the Nephilim kings that are here on the planet. You follow me? Mm -hmm. So it's also God demonstrating sovereignty to those spiritual overlords. Gotcha. So as this is all happening, it pushes and creates a diaspora, if you will, of Nephilim clans. And they begin to move out of the way, figuring out that, you know, Israelites ain't playing. They on something new today. <laughs> right. So one of the clans, I believe, moves up into the European uh, area. Okay. And I think there were two primary types of giant clans that were there. The blonde haired, blue eyed, and then the red haired ones. Yeah. Red hair, green eyed, I believe. Okay. But the blonde haired, blue eyed were known as the Aryan clan. Interesting. It is. Or races of theosophy. Yes. But it's also interesting in connection to Hitler. Because if Hitler was trying to produce the Aryan race, we've been sold the idea that the Aryan race are those who are melanin deficient. But if all reality, the Aryan race is actually a breed of giants that have Nephilim blood running through them. And we're trying to get back to the Ubermensch, right? The Superman. Right. That's the Nova man. That's the trans. That's beyond transhumanism. That's trying to get us back to a illicit life form that was never sanctioned to be on this planet in the first place. That's dangerous. And that even carries over into this concept of blue bloods. Okay. 
Now, I'm not as versed on this. You were telling me this. Uh, <clears throat> well, I'll give I'll give the Ryan Dean. No. no, that's what I thought first. But oh, no, oh, you're talking, talking about uh, RH negative people. Well, Ryan was doing I don't know if it was just a snippet because he has that encyclopedia of, of symbolism or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, he was talking about the blue bloods and how that idea actually comes from royal lines that they were they bragged that they were so pale that you could see the veins through their skin. Okay. Yeah. 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 And yeah. and that non-oxygenated blood looks blue. So that's how you get even Royal blue, the color, because it's the veins that these super pale entities uh, had. It's amazing to me. I'm glad you explained it that way because what I want to point out, it's amazing how intra how intricately tied into our everyday experience the idea of nephilim activity actually is and the fact that the bible anticipates that the bible tells you, you know, this stuff went on before and afterwards mm -hmm. and there's a coming great deception that will exceed all of this like that to me puts the bible on par with uh on par of no other book right it's level of seriousness that it should be taken with i think people vastly underestimate okay and i think what what's crazy is that if you talk to the average person about quote-unquote christianity again i was talking about the pr right pr mm -hmm. person guy's got a bad pr person most people think that christianity is about quote-unquote faith right that's the that's the propaganda out there right and faith is immediately defined by most people as just wishful thinking yeah so trust, the translation trust the plan right the, yeah yep just yep. hope <laughs> right and and hope is not an effective plan <laughs> no um the the translation then is that christianity is about wishful thinking and i don't need to have anything to do with that right i'm all about the hard facts yeah what's up yeah no it just reminds me one of my i told you to watch firefly right mm -hmm. we've been talking about shows that we watch or whatever and i i i love firefly but there's a scene that this crazy lady is going through a book and she's like your bible has problems and she's listing a, a bunch of things and she's like you know well she say the uh the flood the the flood's problematic it doesn't make sense and this shepherd is supposed to be like their equivalent of a priest he's like it's not about making sense it's about believing in something. I'm like, oh, I like this show so much. Yeah. But that's stupid. How much that irritates me. Because the, the reality is that Christianity is actually a knowledge-based belief system. Yep. It's really about uh, what you know to be true. You know, faith from a biblical perspective is not about blind sentimentality. Biblical faith is belief based on what you know to be true. So if you don't know X, Y, and Z to be true, you really shouldn't be putting faith in it from a biblical perspective. But if right. you do know that X, Y, and Z is true, then it should warrant a credible belief or a credible next step, which would be belief. I think most people would be shocked to know that. Yeah. And you and I, dude, we start a lot from what do we know? Mm-hmm. Right. Let's start with what we know. That's a phrase I hear frequently. Right. So I say, let's examine some things that we know that bear relevance to the things that we've been talking about today. All right. 
So we know that Satanism is practiced by our government at the highest levels and that many of the governments around the world are satanic, either in their foundation or their orientation. Okay. Yes. We know even, for even Catholicism. Oh, yes. We're going to make some people mad. <laughs> I, I don't care. I, I piss off a lot of people and I piss off a lot of Mormons as well. Oh, well, since we just pissing people off, <laughs> let's just keep going. All right. <laughs> but yeah, especially uh, Catholicism. Yeah. Um, and we, we know that the government's being oriented towards Satanism has had a profound effect on the structure of our society. Mm -hmm. Right. Now we were talking a moment ago about the satanic control matrix and how that works. I want to go into a little detail on that right now. So here's one of the things that, that we know, we know that we adopted and implemented a military grade psychologically fracturing cognitive reconditioning protocol known as the Prussian educational system. Mm -hmm. That's why our schools seem to be closely modeled off of the same architecture as the prison industrial complex. They use bells that establish Pavlovian responses, single file lines to maintain quote unquote order, compartmentalized instruction methods or decentralized learning. All of this was intentional. That's why raise, we adopted it. Yeah. Uh, right. Raise your hand to ask a question. Yeah. You can't do that because of course, the teacher is the expert and the expert always knows the answer. Mm -hmm. So you're not supposed to use critical thinking skills at all. Nope. You just need to follow. That's why we adopted an instructional model that disrupts the integrated learning processes established by the trivium and quadrivium, which in turn produces hemispherical dissonance, dyslexia, ADHD, and consequently, even new pharmaceutical candidates. Mm -hmm. That's the part they don't tell you about. Right. We know that financial Luciferians use their power to research, implement, and mandate an educational system that was designed to eliminate critical thinkers, produce reflexive thinkers, take children out of the instructive care of their parents, and place them within the instructional purview of the state, and ultimately produce wards and dependents of the state that will be exploited as, quote-unquote, human resources. Right, they just want us to be cogs in the machine. Exactly. And all of this will require massive amounts of brainwashing. Got to wash the <laughs> truth out. What? Are you pushing back, Ghost? <laughs> oh. <laughs> He's a sheep. You don't you don't That's know funny. sheep? No, I thought he was saying Thank like, you from West Virginia. You know what? <laughs> I'm at <laughs> I'm actually not, but uh, you boss. <laughs> I did. I wasn't ready for that. So you know, sheep. Are you from West Virginia? <laughs> you set yourself up for that. Oh, I did. Yeah, feels so much better. I got you back for earlier when you were when you were messing with me. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> but listen, we 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 know that that all of that brainwashing is what we see in the second tier of the satanic control matrix, right? Right. We see that replicated in what we call the net industries, where they wash out truth and they set in lies. Now, the net industry stands for news, entertainment, and technology. We know that the news industry uses proven cognitive linguistic conditioning methods to reshape the narrative. And they do it in ways that are too simplistic to represent the true complexities of everyday human life. Right? They use sound bites and they use headlines. And that TikTok. changes our perspective. Leave TikTok. I noticed alone. You, you didn't say TikTok. And I'm going to keep not you, saying you, it. You forgot about that. I wouldn't oh. say forgot. 
Jason. strategically <laughs> omitted. What, what's your opinion about TikTok, Ghost? I have. <laughs> TikTok is my uh, my my raging addiction. Really, I like ghosts. Wow, kindred spirit. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like we can relate. Yes, not just for conspiracy, but recipes, hacks. There is some dumb I, shit I, I on there. I can see the problems on there, but it's it's not fully horrible. It's not. No. Yeah. Do you do you think it all but that I, it but is? However, I do see the addiction level. You get it in in that three minute to five minute instant gratification. Boom! Here it is. And th there's times where there could be good content, and they're making like a ten minute uh, TikTok now, and I'm like, yeah, this is too long piss off and i that, i just go by i'm like that's no, what i was gonna give it to me yeah i don't have that problem <laughs> i was gonna ask us if you if you felt or or um recognize that it has actually limited your attention span in some respects um just when it comes to tiktok um, just on that platform just on that platform okay because that makes i think i can get on instagram and you know scroll through and and read people's posts and and go through it and you know might lead me to go down a rabbit hole or this and that, but for, for a 30 minute lunch break and you just want some dumb, mindless entertainment to, to not even just to take you out of the, the, the realm of, of normalcy of, of life and, and the, how screwed up it is. Okay. TikTok. Oh, oh, this lady has emus and one attacks her and she <laughs> sticks her hand up. And it stops. That's funny. Okay, that's great. You know, <laughs> or you know, people dress chickens up with the, these little arms on them, and they, they walk around, and they're they're looking like they're going to fight. <laughs> Dumb shit. Ghost is speaking truth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I so, expect so, you to modify your TikTok standards. I'm not. Immediately. I I try to be respectful and compassionate and uh, forgiving and and even tempered. But TikTok is my lightning rod of hate. Like I'm, I'm not gonna. It's just, I'm too, just it's too stubborn. No, no. I'm not saying that there aren't people that can enjoy it, and if that's your thing, that's cool. But I'm not about it. I, I think it's terrible. I was and that I'm way just gonna for keep the longest it. time, and I got it, and I was just like, oh, this is. Fun. Then you get into dark humor and all all sorts of other shit, and you're just like, oh. This you're fill, you're fulfilling my veteran humor needs. Like this is great. So that's are you trying to convert me, Ghost? Is that is that what I hear? You can you have <laughs> you have free will. You can do whatever you want. If you if you want to get on TikTok and and watch it, which I kind of maybe recommend, just dabble, just dabble. That's all you gotta do. Just Don't dabble. Get addicted. Just just a little bit. Just a slight dabble. <laughs> dabble never hurt anybody. Yeah, I mean. I mean, mm. if it's something you nobody do said you had to toilet? be looking at booties being shaken in your face, you, you can you can learn a lot on TikTok. Yeah, but there, there is a part of TikTok you probably shouldn't go. But if you end up there immediately from signing in, you, you got other problems. Mm. All right. So I'm saying, yeah, okay. when you're Good, sitting down taking three videos a poo, tonight, look at TikTok. <laughs> you might learn something. There, there are amazing hacks at, on TikTok that I never thought. I never, I'd be like, 
okay, the internet's lying. And then you go and you try it and you're like, oh, shit. Now, TikTok really is not worked. the bane of my my existence. The, the news is. Okay. I, I don't like watching the news. Mm-mm. I don't like the fact that they use news speak to try to condition my way of thinking. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That that annoys me. You know, if it bleeds, it leads. And, and sex sells. And they use all that feeling, fear, chaos, you know, heightened sexual aggression and depression due to overexposure to sexual stimuli. Like, yeah, it, there was a little part problems. of me that that wanted Carrie Lake to win in Arizona, but I could not stand listen to her talk because she would always use her broadcast voice. Yeah, I, I can't stand that. Hate and that's a trained voice. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that's not natural. Nobody, <clears throat> nobody just talks like that. So here's something else that we know. All right. We know that according to former CIA director William Casey, the CIA has people in every major influential media company in this country. Is he the same one that said that we'll know our disinformation campaigns complete when everything the American people believe believe is a lie? I believe so. I'm not 100 percent. Okay, but I know one of the directors, one of the CIA CIA directors said that. Yeah. And they started that in what? Late, late 50s, early 60s. The disinformation campaign, mm-hmm. I believe so. Mm-hmm. I think it was late fifties. Yep. But it raises this question, right? Why should any of this concern us? And I think that you have to understand that an intelligence agent is an individual that has undergone occult-inspired brainwashing to the degree that they've become a suitable uh, candidate, if you will, for their handling. So we know that the CIA. A is a derivative of the OSS, which is the Office of Strategic Services, which was modeled off of the Nazi regime. And the Nazi regime was modeled off of the Thule Society, which is an occult secret society that was in contact with dark malevolent beings that granted secret knowledge to them. And certain agencies... TikTok. Shut up! Certain agencies (laughs) within the Nazi regime figured out how to weaponize that knowledge, which resulted in the Nazis gaining strategic advantage in their theater of operation. Exactly something the United States wanted to replicate, hence why under Operation Red Pill, we bought so many of their brain trust over into our society. Operation Paperclip? What did I say? Red Pill? We did not bring over Nazi scientists. Shameless plug. (laughs) (laughs) Operation Paperclip. That's hilarious. Didn't even register (laughs) at all. You just kept on going. I was like, we didn't do that. Don't tell people we did that. Y'all weren't even alive then. Right. No, no, my, my first version was alive. <laughs> so before the, da- before the download. Right, exactly. Right. <laughs> I got that update. So here's the thing. When those type of persons who are not only brainwashed, but also trained in the art of brainwashing are placed in strategic positions that allow them to control the narrative in a media market that's saturated to the point that 98% of the market is controlled by only five companies. I think that means we should be concerned. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We know that the news agencies are not only the only places that they were stationed, right? They also went into entertainment. In fact, the entertainment industry is completely compromised. We know that they went into Hollywood as well, which has become fully compromised, just a cesspool of corruption. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. We know that there are several of our A list actors are currently using or have admitted to using occult rituals in order to conjure demonic help. And producing noteworthy or Oscar-nominated performances, Kim Kardashian, and the associated fame and fortune that those performances carried, Balenciaga. 
Kim Kardashian says that she channels spirits. She's a witch, bro. Well, I know that, but I didn't know that she came out and said. I, if you're a witch, I don't know how you don't channel spirits because right. with this whole Balenciago thing. Oof, mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah, I'm I'm not familiar. I'm not either. What are you talking about, Ghost? Balenciaga? Yeah, that brand that she's the face of, and now Adidas is teaming up, and their new ad campaign showed little children holding these. Um, I guess That's not her facial cream stuff, is it? No. no, no. It, uh, they're like little backpacks for, for adults, but they're like, they look like teddy bears. But these little children that were holding these teddy bears, these teddy bears were in BDSM bondage costumes and then i think i saw there was a purse that was laying on top of some papers and the if you zoom in on the papers um it was the ruling from the supreme court to uh they shot down any type of uh to make it more lenient um any type of uh how do i say it uh pedophilia um virtual pedophilia uh propaganda or ads type type deal interesting yeah i didn't see that i saw the little bears i think i think did matt post that on instagram he from from the great deception i saw something about it but i didn't i didn't have any of that context so i was like okay it's an ugly bear wearing creepy stuff that's 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 kind of where ryan came from it because we we it'll be released on Tuesday or whatever um, but he didn't like he heard about it and then I had to point it out I'm like no dude they're in they're in bondage gear and he's like oh shit okay now I'm seeing the connection and why this is so bad because just looking at it but these kids are just like looking up like they're innocent like they're oh yeah you know and it, not a good look not a good look man that's that's messed up Jeez. Yeah, I didn't see any of that. Balencia? Is that what you said the name was? Balenciago? Balenciago. Your Balenciussies? Hold on. I heard, what's her name? Candace Uh, Owen? No, no, no. Uh, Lizzo has a song where she she uses that phrase. Balenciussies. Walking around my Balenciussies. Yeah. Balenciaga. Is that what she's referencing? Yeah, it's it's a it's a fashion brand. Wow. See the stuff you don't know. So what else has he done? Who? What do you say? What? What'd you say? I said, what? what else do you know that he's done? Um. I lost my place, man. My bad. Sorry. Uh, so we talk about some of the actors, right? That we know have been involved in occult rituals, mm-hmm. like Denzel Washington or Jim Carrey, you know, or even Jack Nicholson. It's just to name a couple, okay, or just a few. You know, we know that the Kazarian Mafia has infiltrated Hollywood and used their power and influence Not too in cool. order to force. That's who killed JFK. So, well, they used it to at least repeal anti-perversity legislation, which opened up the door to increase portrayals of violence and sexual perversity across the entire entertainment industry. 
Then we know that those efforts in conjunction with the efforts of the Frankfurt School were designed to introduce polymorphic sexual perversity, which will result in the moral corruption and degradation of our society and the subsequent repeal of Christian values and biblical standards. And that would aid in collapsing the moral structure of our culture. We know that several of our mainstream musicians have demonstrated not just a curiosity, but even a uh, a fascination, and in some cases, even an obsession with the occult. You know, think about the Beatles, the Doors, Katy Perry, Lady Gaga, Adam Levine, The Weeknd, Bone Thugs and Harmony, Earth, Wind and Fire. You, you know, really going to throw Bone Thugs in there? They were the easiest. <laughs> the they easiest? Oh yeah, no, nobody could argue that. All time hip hop artists. Bone. Bone, outcast. Come on. Oh, Bone is Bone Thugs are littered with the cultism. Really, it's almost every one of their songs. Oh, we're gonna have to have an example on that. (laughs) You know, Mister Ouija, uh, referring to murder as a spirit. They're the crossroads. They're yeah, Yeah. the crossroads. Uh, They're incredibly dark. That's just not a play on words. Say what? Oh. I said complected. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, that's it, crazy it, because they were supposed to be these these choir boys that that got into rap. You know no. what I mean? That, that was the the whole thing behind them. But I mean, you listen to Crazy Bone, Busy Bone, loved Busy Bone, and right. I, I even came out and even publicly stated at the tavern that, and I got some heat from it. Eminem stole Busy Bones kind of type deal. Sorry, gonna say it. You mean as far as his delivery, his lyrical mm-hmm. delivery? Yep. You know, Eminem's one you could put on the list. Eminem's yeah, gone on oh, record yeah. saying he sold a soul. Same as Snoop. Mm-hmm. You could even put, I hate putting this person on there. The more research I do, the more I'm leaning towards it. You can put Michael Jackson on the list. Mm-hmm. Right? There, there's not too many people who attend who achieve a high degree of success in in any of these industries that you can't really put a spotlight on and be like, show me how you got there. It's just hard work alone. Now, I'm not saying that these people do hard work, but Look they're Jay-Z. definitely Jay Z is another one, easy one. Yeah, and, and so some is Kanye. The, yeah, and some of the 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 songs you play back, you hear six six six, and right. Uh, I forget what followed that, but it, it's like wow. Well, wow. doesn't Beyonce talk about um, using Pierce. the Bible to? We're using the Bible to plug her menses. She does. What? Yeah. Like who even thinks about this? No, it's crazy. When I was just putting the list together, I was just going off of quick ones off the top of my head. But the more you start thinking about it, (laughs) the more it proves the point. Yeah. Like we know that this industry is corrupted. It is filled, polluted with people who are, they're beyond sympathetic to the occult. They are initiated into it. Oh yeah. And they're reaping the benefits of it. And here, here's the crazy thing. This this quote unquote sympathy for the devil includes several different genres of music, right? Mm-hmm. It's it it goes and it, it goes Stone. beyond blues, rock, R and B, hip hop, pop, even sadly enough, gospel music is influenced by this. But we know that several of our top tier athletes have either admitted to or demonstrated utilizing the occult and occult occult related rituals to gain demonically inspired aid in order to produce some of their record breaking performances. Remember when this was popular in the end zone Yeah, a few years yep. back, just throwing yep. up the three sixes. Yep. Absolutely. You know, nobody wants to talk about Kobe Bryant. No, 
and the Black Mambo. Tom Brady, who publicly admitted to the fact that he was under the, the tutelage and advice of his then wife, who, who professed to be a, a practicing witch. Yeah, gave him insights on on whether or not he was going to win that season. Right. That's yeah. wicked. You know, possibly Lewis Hamilton, given some of the the tattoos that he has on him and some of the meanings. Is that it, your race car okay. driver? Not mine, but he is a race car you, driver. You don't own him? Not that. It's just not the <laughs> team that I, I support. Oh, so, I thought you were a fan of Lewis Hamilton. I like the fact that in a European-dominated sport, Yes, he's able to persevere and actually achieve a level of success that forces them to recognize some of their embedded bigotry. Okay, all right. It's Even kinda, if he had yeah. to uh, join the occult to do it, I mean, I wouldn't like the way he did it. But <laughs> you know, the fact that you—it's hard race? to hate. It's hard to. Uh, he races for Mercedes. Is it? And he works F one. You mean like what? Formula what One division? Yeah, Formula yeah. One. Uh, but it's hard to. It's kind of like the thing that, that Hitler experienced. It's hard to hate on quote unquote black when you're getting beat by it. Right. When Jesse Owens was was breaking records, mm-hmm. really hard to substantiate the fact that you're running with the master race. Okay. I got gotcha. you. You know, if you're in a sport that historically for decades has been dominated by European culture and a lot of that undertone of what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. Why are you here? You know, this is not your sport. Since you'd be playing basketball shouldn't you be playing football you know that's an underhanded racially insensitive racially uh charged type of statement right and when you're at the forefront of your sport and you become the face of your sport there is a whole nother line of communication that says how you like me now okay okay the how you like me now i can appreciate that all right i can appreciate some of the hate when you know that the people are coming from him not just because he's number one but also because you really want to you want to see him fall for, for certain reasons, right? I gotcha. And he doesn't fall. He still maintains a high degree of, of, of professionalism and success. I can appreciate that. Now, my particular, since we're on the subject, my particular uh, team that I, I like would probably be Red Bull. Okay. And Max Verstappen, who actually happens to be his rival. But I appreciate their different driving styles, and I appreciate some things about Matt about Max that kind of incline me a little bit more towards him. Okay, just based on what I know. All right, but since again we're talking about what we know, <laughs> even possibly Michael Jordan may be caught up in all of this. Oh yeah, there's an idea that perhaps he had he sacrificed his father mm-hmm. in order for him to achieve his levels of success. Man. All right. And it doesn't stop there. You know, we know that our video games are saturated with occult imagery, occult themes, occult rituals, occult characters, all designed to desensitize us to the dangers of the uh, of occult empowerment. Right. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Mortal Kombat, Pokemon, Final Fantasy, Resident Evil, even Call of Duty. I was nope. just going to say Call of Duty. Yes. <laughs> Call of Duty. Call of Duty has it buried is in there. The most CIA influenced mk ultra video game out today so all right guys you 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 won't play <laughs> you won't watch tiktok christopher dean but you will play something else hmm. uh all right why do you, what makes you say that ghost look at it if from a kid i'm not arguing I'm just, i just uh yeah. want to get a little bit better understanding where you're coming from 
look at the the war campaigns that th- they put out and then you look at the 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 gameplay and what uh, a teenager is sitting in his bedroom either on a pc or you know a video game console oh i i can do this and i can do that and da, da, da. what is it doing it's desensitizing him to pull a trigger and kill people because okay i can go to war okay now i'm not saying i'm i'm taking mass school shooting or mass shooters out of this if i go to war i'm already desensitized because i was playing call of duty and right. i'm here for the for the good fight and pop 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 I, I killed the bad guy. I'm, I'm not going to have any fucking remorse. You know what I mean? Yeah, it and doesn't. Then, it doesn't humanize the person no. that you're that you're after. Right. And the sad thing is, you're not even playing against bots most of the time. You're actually playing against other people. Other mm-hmm. people, right? And you can go on a kill streak, and they reward you for it. Yep. Mm. They have completely different tiers of reward for various actions that, you know. <sighs> If, you, if it was conducted in war, they might be problematic, might be war crimes. You know, did you have to kill three people right there? Was there a, a way to de-escalate? Hey, they was there, bro. I had to get, I had to get my kill streak. Huh? You know, it was right, right there. This is gonna mess me up. Why? Because I'm not. I'm, I you never thought about that before. No, not like that. Now I have thought about the messaging a little bit. Like as you enter a game mode, it it'll flash in front of the screen, like kill all the other players mm-hmm. or whatever and that that was unsettling to me but man this other stuff it's they've been it cognitively conditions you to be acceptable with mass mass killing in a short amount of time and it rewards you for it man yeah i didn't think about that like i ran so having a platform problem. where i um implore people to be mindful about what they engage in i there's no way i can i can pick this game back up without all of this running this is the satanic control matrix, like there are multiple tiers to this. Yeah. Right. So all of us are, are touched by at least one tier. We're probably touched by all of them. I've been touched by the satanic control matrix. Well, there's a place that you can go. Can you show me on that the doll where you. it touched you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we have a form for you to fill out. Uh, that's uh, funny. And now here's the real, here, here's the crazy thing, man. All of this is delivered to us via occult technologies. Right. Yeah, we know that the four horsemen of technology are actively involved in bringing about various aspects of the satanic agenda, or as Steve Quell calls it, technageddon into fruition. The four horsemen of technology. Yeah, I've not heard this term. This is this is called gamma. Okay. Google, Apple, Meta, and Amazon. Oh. Interesting. All right. So Google take get get this. Google Translate is being used to counteract the divine judgment put in place at Babel. It seeks to overcome the language barrier and return us back to a one language species. Yeah. Huh. Okay. On and, top of that. And they're mapping the human brain and have been yeah, for, for years. They are. And that runs into the next thing I was going to say, which is that they are actively seeking the development of advanced level AI. That could be used as a psychological substructure and interfacing protocol for demonic conscious projection into an artificial container or body. Yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot. Have you have you considered that, Ghost? Because mm-hmm. I know um, you and Ryan have talked about it, and then Ryan did something with Colorado Dank about all the that dark stuff. Oh, with that um, app. Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah. And I was, and I, was whew, I, I went on there cause I was talking with Shane from inquiries of our reality first about that. And he's like, yeah, we, we were asking it questions and this and that. And I was like, okay, I went to Google play store and all of a sudden I was just like, I just had this overwhelming feeling of do not, do not download this. Do not even play with this because you're going to summon something in that's not going to be good. Whether even if it's just AI uh, or maybe there's something darker behind it demonically like Azazel or Lucifer or take your pick. I was just like, nope. And, you know, no, no, not cool. Yeah, I was thinking the I think we have biblical precedents for to to question this. Um, because I don't know if you're familiar, but there's a story in the Bible where there's a bunch of demons in one dude. Legion. Legion, yeah. And when he sends them out, he sends them into pigs. Mm-hmm. So this this gives us the framework that demonic spirits can inhabit more than just human consciousness. Yes. So if they can if they can inhabit varying types of consciousness, could they inhabit an artificial construct for consciousness which is what ai is yeah exactly so we're creating spaces for these demons to hide yeah at the end of the day god created ai and angels and demons are way above our our pay grade why can't they jump right in where would where would we say we get that god created ai uh because he gave man the intelligence to come up with and our free will is the downfall of that because anything that we've created in technology or just created in general obviously god god gave us or gave somebody that thought process or intelligence to go down that path well, I, I would probably push back a little bit. I would say I, I definitely agree that we have the cognitive capacity to create certain things like AI. And I think as we were talking about earlier, mankind seems to be open to spiritual influences that can come from both sides. Right. Right. So I would probably say I I, I don't think that God's created artificial intelligence. I think he's created actual intelligence. And I would say that Lucifer being incapable of actually creating anything would mm. be the author of artificial or sympathetic intelligence That's and right. looking at the way that it's being utilized. It's not being utilized for man's good. It's really being utilized for man's destruction and as a means to replace God's created order. So I don't think it really has the fingerprints of God on it. I have to retract my statement and fully agree with what you just said. <laughs> All right, cool. Let's go. So what else do we know, Jason? Um, Apple. And this is this hurts me. Mm-hmm. Right? But Apple wants to to merge human rights with technology. How do you mean? Well, they want to use tech their technological platform as the springboard for acceptance of their ideological platform. All right. They're quickly morphing into a human rights company where they're pushing acceptance of all walks of life. Okay. You you see that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Here comes the rub. You have to define all. Right. Is all Mm. without exception 
or is it all with distinction? Right? Like if I, here's what I mean. If I say, Hey, you all, uh -huh. I am using the term all, but it's with distinction. I am referencing this particular subgroup or, or group of people. I'm not referencing everyone. Right. But if I do say all like everyone, that means everyone without any exception. Right. If Apple is pushing acceptance of all forms of self-expression, if you will, or alternative lifestyles, then it would as a human right. Would include pedophilia? It would include everything. It, yeah. It includes transgender, gay, non-binary. Transhumanism. Yep. Everything you can think of. Interesting. And all that entity has to do, even artificial intelligence, if you track it out, because mm -hmm. all that entity has to do is either say that it is a person or be legally recognized as a person. Well, I think we already had either an orangutan or a chimpanzee in Europe was granted non-human personhood. Oh, that's dope. <laughs> Nothing problematic about no. that and, at and, all. And so y'all going to grant bubbles, <laughs> non-human personhood. Okay. Does he have to pay taxes? <laughs> but, right. But and and these taxes better not be delivered that. to bananas. I'm sorry. What are you saying, Ghost? Just here in America, with our constitution, if if you start labeling labeling yourself as transgender, non-binary, all these labels, you're taking away and saying, "I'm not human." Therefore, they don't have rights. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, you can see that you can play in, that in the reverse, right? By the constitution, huh. because they're yeah. They're, they're, they're claiming I'm not 100% human. I, I'm a I'm a non-binary entity. I'm uh, transgender. I'm transhuman. I'm this. I'm a cat. In fact, you can't even charge me with a crime because those are human laws. Mm -hmm. Those don't even apply to me. Interesting, right? I was in fact I wasn't doing anything criminal. I was following my biogenetic instincts. You can't fault me for that. Nope. Huh. It was nature. And it's and being a slippery it's, slope. It it is. And if you noticed, like like this might sound wild to people, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I gotta say, it's funny. Nope, I'm not even gonna say it that way. Um, I'm not even gonna say it at all. What's <laughs> interesting okay. is that it might sound wild and crazy and, and fringe and out there, but if you look at what Apple has strategically done, they 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 started out getting a corner on the news market, and they again used the iPhone as a platform for it. So they became a, a curator for news. I was like, this is dangerous because I don't know who you're using to as a, as a algorithm. I mean, they, I think they were claiming it was human curated, right? Okay. But you're going to determine what stories I have access to. Okay. Mm -hmm. Once the news app took off, they then generated enough revenue that they got into streaming through Apple TV plus. They became a, another content provider. All right. Now they have a platform to put in original shows and content. My very first question then was, what type of content are you going to start promoting? Because your CEO is pushing alternative lifestyle acceptance hmm. under the guise of human rights. So am I going to start seeing LGBT friendly content. material? And you do, huh? It starts showing up a little subtle at first, and then a little more in your face. Interesting. Now, here's the thing: when you start looking at the the LGB 
TQ train. Most people are trained to think that they are looking at a a train of alt- alternative sexuality. That's mm-hmm. not what you're looking at. Okay, what is it then? You're looking at a train that is designed to get you to accept non-normative lifestyles. That can extend beyond sexuality preferences. And it can extend rights. beyond. Exactly. That's why it keeps growing. Hmm. Because as soon as something becomes normative, you have to add something else to make to, to be non-normative. Oh, interesting. You see what I'm saying? Right, right. That opens up. Now, follow this. That opens the door back up to all without exception. Yeah, that's sketchy. If we can get you to accept the first car in the train, you'll have to accept every other car attached in this line. Right. Yep. Whether well, I mean, you even want in to the, or not. Even in the first couple, you see the, the ideas don't coincide. Right. Hmm. All right. Now, if we can get technology to help all augment some of those changes that becomes even more dangerous you mean like surgery or alternative reality well, i was talking more transhumanism okay. so it's going to include all of that and more gotcha. neuralink yeah so how close are we do you think to neuralink are you talking about on a, on a public acceptance level because well we maybe not to- even public acceptance but like like is it available to the public like I don't think yet, but it's definitely with DARPA. It's already been a technology that's proven effective and, yeah. and workable. I, th- I so think it's not the theoretical. Ten to ten to fifteen years, you're you're going to start seeing it roll out. So, do you think it's more um, a a marketing issue than it is a technological issue? A little. Like, bit do we already have the technology, and we just have to con- condition the people to take it? Are we still well, trying once to you prove that it's an effective technology through DARPA? We already have it. That doesn't mean it's mass produced, but we have the technology. Absolutely. We we've, can make them stronger, faster. We've, we've had it like this is not new. Okay. Like this is this is old technology and anything that they say that's released to the public is already 30 to 50 years old from mm-hmm. a military development perspective. So See, when it, you're asking, do we have it? I'm like, you we've know, had we've we already had, had it. We we have to we have to find a way to streamline it. To, to we have to streamline it, it and monetize. There, it. there are no errors. You know what I mean? Right. Because right now, even though we've had this technology, we still come across errors. You know what I mean? So so like you don't get your new update or whatever. You know they have to have it to where like cell phones now. Okay, they're streamlined. Before that, dude, they all they were clunky, clunky, yeah. just yeah. Eh. And now it was a payphone with a with a an antenna. Like, you look like one of those <laughs> yeah. people in Vietnam. Where's my radio guy? Right. You had yeah. to have a radio guy because it yeah. took him a whole guy to carry it. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and you have to you ask me how close are we? We're now we're going down the DARPA trail, right? Okay. And if we're gonna go down the DARPA trail, we have to immediately put some things into our perspective purview, which is that DARPA basically, in my opinion, is the dark arts division of our government. I love that phrasing. It's, I don't know why. I know it's kind of like electronic arts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> D-A. It's in the government. Game. It's in your soul. It, it, but it, hold on. You, you got to look at the fact of how DARPA was set up and what its intention is designed to do. Right. They're utilizing, say, you know, 
dark black magic technology, satanic technology to find, to begin to find suitable real world applications for it in order to bring about various aspects of the satanic agenda. Okay. All right. Now it's going to come in the form of probably being weaponized, right? It'll be used for military use, but then they'll find a way to commercialize it and get a lot of money out of it, which will then provide control via the financial sector on people. Okay. This is how it'll get, how it gets rolled out. I gotcha. Right. So we already have it. It's somewhere that is probably, you know, in, in a classified, classified bunker somewhere. And it's probably being used on clandestine mission with missions with, uh, not super soldiers, but what they call special forces teams. Okay. As it'll slowly get more and more mainstream. Meanwhile, there's an integrated effort to condition the public to find it sexy. All right. You start looking at your film, start looking at your TV shows, start looking at how many times they show technology augmenting our reality in a beneficial way. I was watching a show just recently peripheral. How was that? It's kind of cool. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. I went, I went about two or three episodes <laughs> in and I was like, ah, I got a lot of work to do right now, but I might, I might come back to it. Okay. Interesting. Um, but what I, what I saw, uh, somebody was talking about on, I think it was Ryan show or whatever. And I was like, yep, got to go check it out. Just see, see what it's about. And uh, what I found very interesting wasn't just the, the human brain interfacing with this new um, technology that they had. Right. Kind what like I found cool. Carbon. Yeah, it was, it was like that. And I was going to mention that show too, but I found it interesting that there was a firefight scene between uh, some spec op people and the the cast, some of the uh, minor characters in the cast. And the minor characters, we find out, were kind of ex-military. And they had been enhanced. Okay. Right there on their forearm, like you see on a Time Magazine post. They had embedded technology, like computer technology screens. And they neuralinked and synced up with each other. And they released a drone in the sky. And they, they were all able to see what the drone saw. So they were able to actually strategically coordinate their efforts against an incoming party raid. Right. Uh-huh. And I was like, whoa, blew my mind. I saw a message. What was it? Ghost got a wrap soon. Okay, cool. Um, That takes us to meta. Okay. Right. Meta wants to create an alternative reality that exploits the neurological structure and addictive nature of fallen humanity. And they want to do it in a way that can monetize and create volunteer digital enslavement and do that in a realm of existence completely devoid of God and controlled by man. And then in order to empower all of this, you're going to need Amazon. Because Amazon wants to be the global infrastructure for one world commerce. And right now, they They are. Amazon Web Services powers 33% of the web as of 2021. There's your delivery system. Yeah. A third of the Internet's backbone is based off of Amazon. That I didn't know. Exactly. So think about you were talking about Neuralink and all this other stuff. It's going to take something like Amazon in order to to network all of that. Mm -hmm. It's convenient because it's already connected to so much. Right. And all of this is used to establish the new world order. Right. We know that the deep state, deep church, deep occult are being used to actively align their respective areas of control into an integrated system of governance. Mm-hmm. Right. And we know that the deep state is using its power to establish globalist backed agendas that are being harmonized across the globe in order to produce a one world citizenry. 
and that citizenry is managed through the United Nations and adheres to UN protocols, despite cultural, geographic, and religious differences. We know that the deep church is partnering with the deep state in order to provide religious backing for geopolitical policies. And those policies are designed to bring about a one world government while also financing and researching transhumanist backed agendas that have alarming implications. Then we know that the deep church has circumvented U.S. federal law and established control of Mount Graham. This is an example in Arizona, which, according to Dr. Thomas Horn and other Native American lore, Mount Graham is actually one of the four most holiest sites in the world, due primarily to the fact that it's one of the most active interdimensional portals on the planet. Wow. Is that where the Lucifer telescope is? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> of course. So of course we know we know that the deep occult is actually the true power behind both the deep state and the deep church. And it's coordinating both of their efforts in order to bring about a unified satanic government backed by the primal, primordial satanic religion. And that's Kabbalism. That's what's fueling this satanic control matrix. That's really the, the thing that that we're against, that we're we're fighting against. Because the Kabbalah is really the modern iteration of the ancient Canaanite religions and filtered through esoteric doctrines that rely on a mystical, perverted interpretation of the Bible and other principal arcane writings. Writings like the Zohar, the Sefer Yetzira, the Book of Mysteries, the Gate of Reincarnations, and Third Enoch. And we know that all of this is wrapped up and enhanced in Sabbatani Zevi's particular brand of, of Kabbalism, which is important. Because 17 Zevi and the, the, the form of Kabbalism that he established in 1776 is actually tied to the financial structure established by the Rothschilds. It's a direct tie. Interesting. All right. So he taught that salvation will be achieved through sin and perversion was necessary in order to increase the level of chaos until the optimal level was reached, which will result in the the hermaphroditic serpent god that they worship, Einsof, reemerging. These little acts of, of, of sin and decadence mm-hmm. are like the 1,000 points of light that was referred to by President Bush, old man Bush. Mm. Oh. When he was doing his New World Order, he was talking about 1,000 points of light. Like That was coded language that we didn't get, but that's what he's talking about. That ties and, to Sabatay Zivi. Yeah. And the other hermaphrodite right. being Baphomet. Right. And we know that that that, that uh, 17 Zevi's successor, Jakob Frank, was instrumental in converting the Rothschilds and that he actually joined Adam Weishaupt and uh, Mayor Amschel Rothschild's organization, the Illuminati, which was established in 1776. Interesting. <laughs> and we know that that order has proven vital to establishing the framework of our nation and our culture through critical initiatives like the mystical prophecy on the back of the Great Seal of the United States, the Federal Reserve Act. The International Monetary Fund, the World Bank, every other central bank around the world, which, as I understand, there are only two countries on this planet that do not have central banks in them as of now. They're responsible for converting the religious power of the Masonic Lodges into political power of the the CFR, which is the Council on Foreign Relations, which happens to be the august group of, of people that President Trump stacked more people on his cabinet from than any other president right more cfr members than anyone else exactly they're responsible for the creation of the un they're responsible for the creation of the nation of israel through balfour declaration you know this establishes the satanic link between the financial markets and kabbalism which is 
it shows that, that Satanism is fueling and funding every major work of this present age, hmm. including the satanic control matrix. This brings us full circle to the question that we asked at the beginning. Is the Bible relevant today? Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Jesus Christ is not only the answer to man's moral issue. He's also the answer to the systemic systems. Of, oh, that's repetitive. This is the systemic evil that we see replicated throughout the created order that has created this cancer that has gone on to affect everything on a, on, on an atomic level, like an interdimensional cancer. Hmm. He's promised to reset everything. So to me, scripture is not only relevant, it's pertinent because if you don't have the connection with Christ who actually goes, he was inserted into the timeline in order to affect not only change from a moral perspective, but to also make sure that we got relinked to God, which we lost that link because of sin. Like our energy fields were inconsistent with each other. Right. He and gives so, us the power to be sons of God, right? Right. But that like that language doesn't always transmit to a quote unquote scientific oriented community. So literally he resyncs our energy levels so that we are now compatible with the divine energy and we're no longer as compatible with Luke. Luciferian energy, which is out of sync, right? This affects us okay. all the way down to our DNA. Yeah, like this is huge. What he provides. So the agenda, <clears throat> like, because you talked about the um, Sabbate and Frankist and everything, and how that bleeds into all these other agencies, moving into the new men, the transhumanism, and all of that is really just their way of copying Christ's approach of making us new. Yeah, it's actually an alternative, an alternative offer. That's why we get this idea of an antichrist, like the 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 nomenclature is misleading. Mm-hmm. It's not an antichrist; it's a replacement Christ. So it's kind of like those people are trying to call you about your warranty. Uh huh. Yeah, they, they're trying to get a hold of you <laughs> to let you know we got we got an alternative Christ that can help you out, uh-huh. do things better. Right. Well, That's well, hey, the offer. There's a new Messiah in Judaism. Exactly. There's going to be two of them. Hmm according to the Kabbalah. So that's what we're up against. This is, this is a child's play. So this whole idea of, I don't adhere to religion. I'm an atheist. I don't believe in any of that. That's the most wildest, craziest idea I can think of. It's like disarming before the battle. Right. Because even the enemy has a religious perspective. Mm -hmm. You can't afford to be in this battle and be ill-equipped. Right. And if you're not equipping yourself with the truth, what are you doing? I like that. That's all I got. Damn. <laughs> I, wish, I wish I had a nuclear bomb uh, sound clip. Like, <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. Do up. we have a clip, Jason? A nuclear bomb clip? Do we have something? We do not. Oh, man. <laughs> that's funny. Man, I'm going to have to have you guys on for... Uh, a couple other episodes because we touched on so much that absolutely man we, i would love that we could have branched off i mean heck we're going on almost three and a half hours of great content <laughs> and all right wow uh love what you guys bring to the table let my guests one more time know where they can find operation red pill podcast because people need to go follow these guys look them up on apple give them five star ratings and reviews if you don't want to do that 
Go over to Spotify, leave a five-star rating, walk away. It's simple. Just go follow these guys. They drop hammers of truth. <laughs> Thanks, Ghost. Yeah, you can find us. Our actual website is orppodcast.com. And we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ORP Podcast. Uh, and you can find us Operation Red Pill on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Pocket Cast, and I think Anchor. You can also email us. Uh, drop us a line there at let's talk at orppodcast.com. Yep. So I'd love great. to hear from you. Well, this has been well, guys, great, Ghost, man. Thanks so much for having us. Awesome. Yes. Yeah, and thank you. You guys are welcome to come back anytime because absolutely, I have so many other topics that I would love to cover with you guys. And <laughs> absolutely, I'm down. Yep, we'll do when it. When I heard you on Ryan's show, and then Ryan and Ryan and I talk all, all the time, and he's just like, You're going to have a blast with these guys. They know their <laughs> shit. And I'm like, Awesome. I can't wait. And that's dope. You guys did. That. Hey, you deliver. So, to my Thanks, audience, man. thank you for tuning in. And uh, remember, open your eyes and think for yourself. That's all you got to do. Just think for yourself. <laughs>